mission is clear for ZSJ. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what? Uh, don't get used to this. Don't get used to this. But I've got good memories of this city. And I'm going to make some more. Guess what? When I win the World Heavyweight title, we're going to have a title match in Nagaoka. Uh, but for now, Jarne, as you were. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone, except New Japan Strong Spirits. I'll get into that just a little bit, but my name is Luke. I am your host of the Never Open Podcast, and with me, as always, is my co-host and producer extraordinaire, Mr. Guy. Say hello, Mr. Guy. Hello, I am known as Mr. Guy, also as Mr. Andy or Andy or Drusifer or whatever you want to call me. I will answer to whatever, and today... I'm answering to Mr. Guy. <laughs> yes, you are. And today we're talking Nights 10, Night 11, Night 12, and Lucky Night 13 of the New Japan Cup. Uh, I mentioned Strong Spirits in my intro because, you know what? I was like, I'm going to try it. So I tried it. <laughs> and look, uh, everyone, I have – I've mentioned this. I'm going to beat this down. Yes, I have ADHD. So I – this the, the game – Felt like every other phone game that I play and then delete because it is a dopamine, it's dopamine crack. Yeah. And uh, with, with paid things in it and all that kind of stuff. So I can't keep those on my phone because I'll spend too much time on them. I will waste a lot of time, oh, all that kind of a, stuff. It's a good game then. And like... Plus, like I wouldn't necessarily say it's a good game. I'd say it's well, dopamine crack. And for you know someone like I mean. me, it's like oh, I'll just keep pressing. I'll just keep pressing. And then I'm like, uh, you know what? Uh, uh, this is no, I can't. I can't. Well, Luke, but, another reason why not to play it is because can you ever be as good as Tai Chi is at it? No. I mean, like, never. what's the point of even playing Dude, it? Like, he's got it down. You know, he's I, got it figured out. Yep. I get an alert on my uh, YouTube's and uh, oh, Tai Chi's doing a live stream. I click on it. He's playing. <laughs> He's playing Strong Spirits with Kanemaru and Doki with him. And I was like, I wish I knew Japan. And Charity's like, just hit the button with the translate. And I'm like, this is live, pal. We can't. Can't do that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that's pretty funny. And before everyone, we go on to talk about some New Japan Cup. There's some news. But there's also ways people can contact us, Mr. Guy. Those ways are by either written or voice emails. That's uh, neveropenpod at gmail.com. They're also uh, available on the Tweety individually or collectively. So collectively, we're at neveropenpod. One or both of us will, well, usually one of us will be manning the neveropenpod during shows if if we're both uh, available. Sometimes we're not. I wasn't live for the last night's show because I was working. The good thing about that was it was finished by the time I got home, Mr. Andy, so I could just... Uh, I was sleeping, so because yeah, it was on at like 3 in the fucking morning. That was the... It was freaking crazy. It was a Monday. It was on like... It, yeah, anyway. It's a, it's a holiday in Japan, uh, so or something, I think. Uh, okay, so. that makes sense. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it was. So, yeah. Uh, otherwise, on the Tweety, at NeverOpenPod, I'm there, at Grumpy2EB. Mr. Guy is there, at Drusifer Tweets. Also... I think we're allowed to mention this, Mr. Andy. I think uh, permission has been granted. Uh, there's a 
a little milestone coming up. Uh, we're usually not uh, the guys who bring up our milestones too often or anything like that. We're happy to just uh, shut the fuck up and keep plugging away at this because we have a, a great time doing it. But uh, Mr. Guy informed me that this is episode 97, everyone. So very, yeah. very soon, uh, Mr. Andy and I are going to be celebrating 100 episodes of the Never Open podcast. So that's pretty damn exciting to get to triple figures. I know technically we've... Uh, does that include the um, Never Realms as well? Oh, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, man. So we've ne nearly got 100 episodes of our shenanigans. Also, to kind of tie into that, uh, we have a Teespring shop, everyone. And I don't know if you know this. I only mentioned it like over the last several weeks. But... We have a new design. So if you're uh, partial to wearing a bit of uh, wrestler merch on your body, I am. I know Mr. Guy sometimes is. Then uh, <laughs> <laughs> then uh, get yourself a freaking T-shirt. They're never as fuck. I mean that literally. So uh, check out the new designs. You can yeah. get them. You don't have to get them on a standard T-shirt. They're on a hoodie. They're on all sorts of things. Singlet. They're on socks, Luke. They're on oh, socks. Okay. So, you know, Nor you can, Suzuki, you, you can be like, sucks. hey, hey, Suzuki, I've got never sucks, baby. <laughs> how, do, how do you feel about that? So, yes, uh, we're approaching episode 100. We have a new shirt out. We're very happy with it. Oh, I am. Uh, it's it's cool. Uh, I'm going uh, to get one this afternoon. Uh, I haven't ordered one yet, Mr. Andy, because um, I'm pretty sure Charity might want one as well. So, uh we, uh, I'll hold off till she's finished work. Yeah, she works at home, so uh, we'll wait for her to finish her her smart uni work stuff, and then uh, I'll be like, hey, let's buy some buy some <laughs> buy this shit, baby. Stupid shirt. <laughs> it's awesome though. It, it it you know it the the design is the never as fuck logo. Uh, never as fuck design. We finally got that made. It's pretty cool. I'm excited about that, and I'm excited about hitting 100 episodes. That is not easy. No. Um, so if you, you know, if you've ever tried to do something a hundred times over like a two year period, you know, um, let me know how that goes. But, uh, also I have a gift for everyone. Um, this is uh, not something I discussed with Luke, but it's something I'd like to discuss with the listeners and Luke. I made uh, a little funny video and it <sighs> is not available on social media because it uses some, uh, uh, I, for some reason, the song Tequila is just on lockdown. The coasters are all dead, but for some reason, their children are all about the uh, you know copyright on that. So I can't post this video online. But if you would like to see it, please DM the show's Twitter at NeverOpenPod, and I will send it to you. Um, it is really funny. It's a uh, video it of is. Great O'Conn dancing. And, um, Great oh O'Conn. So, we love him, but he does some weird shit in a couple of these tag matches. There's just a, an opportunity with him just by himself in the ring. And, okay, man, I guess you're just trying stuff out or being weird and cool. So uh, there, His weirdness <laughs> is a boon to us all. And uh, right. I want to share that with everyone. So if you'd like a gift, you know, just hit us up and I'll send that to you. And that's exciting. And, again... We're fired up for the 100th episode slash yep. second anniversary, Luke. And uh, I got to say that you know about it. And uh, nobody else does, but we have something planned. Oh, that, yeah. I mean, 
I don't know what to say about it, except that it is silliness on a level that we've never even approached before. And, <laughs> uh, you know, so that's coming soon. And uh, stay tuned. Hell yeah. So uh, exciting things ahead for the Never Open podcast, everyone. So if it's your first time joining us, hell yeah. Join me, uh, jump on the bandwagon. and uh, Fuck yeah. And, uh, let's, let's keep going. Now, if you've been with us for a while, fucking thanks, dude. It's awesome. Now, uh, before we get into the uh, NJCUP, let's get into some news because there is some. Uh, it'll tie. This ties into one of the matches we will be covering over these four shows, but uh, I'll mention it here. Sonata suffers an orbital fracture. I know I give Sonata a bit of grief sometimes, but uh, he's a good wrestler. I don't want anyone getting injured, you know, nothing like that. There's no one I don't like so much that I'm like, good, you're injured, now fuck off. So uh, not only does that suck, but he is a first-time singles champion. He's He's worked his ass off for it. And it just sucks for him, man. I feel sorry for him. Uh, it's one of those injuries, though, where you don't know how long they're going to be out for. I remember right. Evil having an orbital fracture maybe in 2017, 2018, and he was only gone for a couple months. But this is one of those things, apparently, where you could be gone for a couple weeks, you could be gone for a couple months. So hopefully it's it's uh, a short break uh, uh, that, you know, a short injury and he'll be back very soon because uh i don't want him to be stripped off the fucking first singles title oh, the poor right, bastard's right. ever had right that, <laughs> that's the wrong title that one's not cursed you know it's the other yeah. one so and we'll talk about how that happened because it's very clear whose fault that was oh, oh yeah my god oh my yeah. god yeah yeah definitely so uh there is that uh it's not on new japan world but i saw it on the tweety and Mr. Kevin Kelly has mentioned it a few times on live broadcasts. But, oh, my God, New Japan's coming back to normal, Mr. Andy. Yes. Yeah. Oh my, so you, you mentioned it might be a couple episodes ago. And guess what? It's all, it's all Everything's coming up uh, Millhouse because mm-hmm. oh, best of Super Juniors. Best of Super, we're getting a Best of Super Juniors at the usual Best of Super Juniors time in the year, which is uh, like oh, April, June, something like that. And which makes me hope, hope against hope that it's a double bracket thing and it's not intermixed with the fucking World Tag League. Oh, get out of here with the World Tag League mixed. There's a lot of people tweeting about it. You know, Dragon Lee's tweeting about it, a couple people tweeting about it. And, uh, you know, I can't imagine that this is not the year that this, you know, becomes what it used to be. And if you've never yeah. seen the actual best of super juniors tournament where there's two blocks and it's like a whole fucking like month worth of wrestling almost every day, it's one of the greatest things that can happen. The G one, the best of super juniors, those are, you know, in wrestle kingdom, that's like the Holy Trinity of new Japan. And we've been yep. missing two of those things. I mean, the G ones have been pretty good. However, yep. one bracket for a best of super juniors and I, I just yeah i mean i love you Kanemaru, but like i don't know you know I, I i love you know you i actually i don't love you yo but i'm just saying like i'm i can't wait to see other guys <laughs> please can't yeah wait. i know exactly what you mean and i bet you some of these other guys i bet you uh, dragon lee or ryu lee whatever name he's using he's chomping i bet he's chomping at the bit to come to japan and uh and definitely uh, kick some ass uh, oh man i'm so excited one last bit of news is i don't usually mention uh, american shows very often because uh you know because fuck it, america yeah but there is a match with that guy and john moxley uh that is going to happen 
And I'm like, oh, um, okay, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. So uh, Luke, do you oh. and it's only live on fight. It's only live on fight on April 16th, and uh, I'm just like, eh. Uh, if it, it, if it, it'll if be it, on New Japan World eventually, yeah. you know. NJP World Archive at a later date. So yeah, I'll mm-hmm. just like I'll just watch that at a later date because. Uh, Do you think I that that match will turn into like just kind of like a hardcore match? Because I have a feeling it will. I have a feeling that will be a little disappointing. Just as I think about it, because I think about like, you know, what it like John Moxley as a wrestler, he's more of a worker than he is like a high work rate type dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, will he be able to work a great match with uh, Will Ospreay? Yes. But like, I just kind of have a feeling it's going to be like, a but what form will it take? Yeah. yeah. I, and, and I don't know if I'm going to like it that much, but uh, by the way, to, yes. If Japan opens up, um, dear AEW, put Daniel, Brian Danielson on a sabbatical. Oh my or, God, please. August and uh yeah um yeah because that would be the imagine could you imagine oh my god ever since Suzuki's block he'd be wrestling Tanahashi oh Oh my god ever since this AEW run like I've always liked Brian Danielson who doesn't but this this shit is just fantastic what he's doing I just love what he's putting down even more than um anything I guess this is WWE I feel like He's off the chain and he can pretty much express himself in wrestling how he wants. And it turns out it's fucking awesome. So, yeah. Oh, he's uh, tremendous. Yeah. yeah. That's exciting, man. Now, there's also a weird, like, announcement. There's been two announcements, I guess, because Japan's opening up. Uh, there's going to be, like, an all-Japan show. That It's, like, the yeah. 60th anniversary of Kurgan Hall. So yeah. you'd mentioned that on a, fir- on a previous episode. But there's going to be an all-Japan slash new japan show that night and so there's a bunch of guys we've never heard of come on ian help us out and then uh versus some <laughs> uh, some new japan guys now there is a guy that is in all japan his name is Udamaro, and like i kind of know that guy so i'm interested to see if he wrestles on that show i don't know if he has a different name now but he used to wrestle in my area quite a bit he went on an excursion in ohio so <laughs> oh, wow. i don't know why but uh but i he was pretty awesome so i'm excited to see him um but uh, that's interesting but there's also been an announcement where ddt is like doing something with uh aew right yeah so uh chris daniels announced it uh, and it's it's happening like uh, ddt and aew uh are also gonna like loan wrestlers to each other and stuff that's too good. so uh fuck yeah it's it's good for everyone uh everything's opening up uh wrestling uh i guess unless you're in the uh, sports entertainment biz uh, other than that wrestling is opening up for everyone which is awesome so you know i don't know much about ddt i hear good things but you know i've i've got so much time in the day and between being in different time zone with you mr andy and you know working and all that kind of stuff it's like sometimes it's a little difficult to stick a, a 100% up to date with the New Japan. Even AEW. It's true. Like, no, you gotta watch the New Japan show first because you know, right? Cover it. Because well, fuck AEW. But um, the <laughs> the other thing too I want to mention is me and you did something special yesterday. But I think what yep. we should do is talk about this first show, Night Ten, um, right. which I have I have information about this building, of course. And then um, 
you know, after that show, we could talk about the special thing that we did yesterday that was pretty fun. I would love to. So let's do it first. We were at night 10, the New Japan Cup. We're at a Shizuoka Twin Messi, <laughs> Shizuoka South Hall. So we're in Shizuoka. Uh, and all right, before we even go on with the first match, Mr. Andy, go on. Yeah. Inform us all about this. Well, area. you know, this place is called Twin Messi Shizuoka. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's located in Shizuoka city surrounded Shizuoka, by yep. a, ri- a rich natural countryside uh twin messy Shizuoka. it's it's uh you know abbreviated as tms which sounds like something that you get like when you <laughs> fuck the wrong you put your dick in the wrong hole or something like that <laughs> like it's tms so it's an exceptional it, place. it does get messy <laughs> it's a messy place to promote cultural and industrial changes we've heard this kind of before tms yep. consists of six Exhibition halls of various sizes. Some are big, some are small. That's what various means, um, which made it, make it possible <laughs> to hold several different exhi- exhibition events at, at the same fucking time. Ideal for industrial and cultural events. The TMS also contains a restaurant and a car park. Luke, how many cars can park in the twin messy shoes uh, place car park? Uh, 200. Uh, you're way low. Oh, a thousand. 800 cars. Nice. I mean, That's this place ain't steel. fucking around. They're not Hell fucking no. around. You think they can handle wrestling? I think they can. Oh, speaking of fucking around, we've got, uh, <laughs> we've got Yo and Tiger versus the Bullet Club Cuties and, uh, I guess uh, Yo's a bit of a fan of uh, Piat Mondrian, uh, probably butchered that name, who is a Dutch painter. And uh, and uh, as soon as I saw Yo with this, I tweeted this painting out. Fucking crickets, Twitter crickets. And I'm just like, well, fuck you guys. But uh, you, you all know the, the fucking painting I'm talking about. It's There's red squares, blue squares. A yellow square. They're all squares. The square painting, the famous one. If you don't know what I mean, just type in P-I-E-T Mondrian. Luke, what do you think about the abstract expressionist movement as a as like an artist, uh, you know, type of thing? Like to me, uh, this is an abstract expressionist painting, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and I'm very interesting in that interested in that type of like art. It's it's like one of those art types that seems like it takes no talent, but like the guy who painted it is a fucking genius and like can do all that shit. It's like when Tanahashi does a wrist lock. It's like, yeah, he can do all this other cool shit, but look at that wrist lock. You know, that's kind of what I look at when like these abstract expressionist paintings. And you know how I learned that? How I learned to appreciate them was the the book by Kurt Vonnegut, Bluebeard. Oh my God. Oh my God. You want to like have your heart torn from your chest in the best way possible. Read that book. It is incredible. Incredible. I love his. What's the one with ice nine. That's one of my favorite cats. Cats Cradle. Cradle. I love that book. It's fucking incredible. The scientists just invite invented like I six or some shit recently. And I'm like, Oh my, stop it. Stop. What are you doing? (laughs) <laughs> but yes, uh, he comes out with a, a big ass baggy jumper that looks like uh, a Mondrian painting. Funnily enough, comic books gave me appreciation for art. I was reading them ever since I was a little boy, 
And I always liked artwork and it, for some reason it translated into paintings and all that kind of stuff too. I just lo love all that shit. Yeah. So anyway, enough about Mondrian and all that kind of shit. I'm giving you Very way too much, uh, <laughs> way too much uh, time here. This match <laughs> is fine. Look, it, it's hard to care about Yo and he should have been pinned because like, I don't know, wasn't Tiger just a freaking champion? No, he's oh back to job. God. He's back yeah. to jobbing. Low blow and a sudden death. But uh, and uh, ELP throws the bell hammer away from the announcer, then uh, messes with a fan at the end. So yeah, he steals yeah. an Lij hat from a kid because Lij is super over at this place. Yes. So. Oh yeah. yes. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. The next match was Ass Masters versus Takamichinoku and Desperado, and Kevin talks about the earthquakes. There were earthquakes in Japan. Um, I yep. guess they were kind of like typical type stuff. And so, um, you know, Taka gets beat up and Taguchi uh, gets a hot tag, but Desperado dodges and it's heat on Taguchi. Taguchi makes Taka tap. And uh, why can't Wado get that win? That's what I want to know. You know, why can't Wado yeah. get that win? But but what happens is that after the smash, this has a story beat and the cuties run out and they the, the BC cuties, you know them. And they beat up uh, the Ass Masters and challenge for the titles. All of BC comes out. Uh, bullet club and yes. uh, continue the beatdown and uh god comes out to make the save because now we have this like group of heroes and they'd like to do the hero oh walk and we'll talk about that and oh it's god and the ass masters what is this? yep dude i wrote a note i wrote this on twitter and also got twitter cricket crit, crickets and i wrote wow god just came out for the save there are they making friends and uh, I got nothing. You get nothing. Good day, sir. Good day. Well, the answer is but, yes. Yeah, but everyone was asleep. But yeah, it does go straight into the next match. I do appreciate that uh, Suzuki Goon didn't win because I don't want to see the junior title and the tag titles intermixed anymore. Please don't do that. But yeah, this um, what happens? It generally happens when they do this with uh, bullet club matches. You'll have a match end, beat down. Next match will start. So it's Gorilla to Destiny and Jado, as you said, versus Chase, Barley, and Gato. And it's Jado and Gato collide. There's no interests. It's straight to it. There's a double Kong and massage on Jado. It's still weird to see these on Jado, but uh, it's fucking funny too. Gorillas of Destiny taken out by Farley. So Jado's got to take all the punishment. And uh, again, the Gorilla's Destiny worry more about Gato and his brass knucks and helping Jado. So low blow, even though you don't really need to low blow him, he's just being a douchebag. And uh, Chase pins Jado. So <laughs> oh, it's still, it's really cool stuff. And they're, they're doing it. They're making, I am happy at how this uh, face turns turning. And it's going to get even wilder and more like, wow, this is cool. As we go along yeah. with all these nights. Yeah. It's true. You know, uh, Luke, this next match is uh, Ocon on the... Oh, wait. No, it's Cobb and It's Hanare. Streets of Cobb. Yeah, Streets of Cobb. It's... it's What is it? Rampage Cobb. You know, yeah. Rampage Corn or some shit. I don't know. Uh, this is Rampage, Cobb. baby. Dun, 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 dun. That's it's rampage. versus Tonahashi and Hanare. Or excuse me, Hanma. Hanma. And we wonder, we're like, oh my God, who's going to lose? Who's going to lose in this match? I just, I wonder. <laughs> um, 
And Hanari has beef with Tanahashi that goes way back, right? So after yeah. Tanahashi gets a bunch of dragon screws, um, Kevin says, Hanari got caught with his leg in the cookie jar. <laughs> it made me laugh really hard. That was funny. We get a double Kokeshi from the good guys, a flosion looking move from Hanare on Hanma for the win. How about that? Like Emerald Flosion type deal. Yep. That's all Japan shit. You, he's trying to get booked. <laughs> he wants to be on the 60th show. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> by the way, uh, it's it's around here that uh, there is a break, as there usually is. And I don't usually mention these breaks, except uh, I can hear Kevin Kelly having some going, troubles going. I can't hear him. I can't hear him. I can't hear him. <laughs> uh, now. Uh, That's funny. All right. So. Next, we have, oh, man. And just and to think this guy was in Bullet Club playing a piece of shit hill for a long time because Tonga Loa joins commentary. And I have, have to say, look, despite how we, you know, make fun of him and all that kind of stuff, I do res respect some of his stuff, like pulling out new things, all that kind of stuff. doesn't matter. He sounds like such a fucking nice guy in commentary, doesn't he? Mm. <laughs> also, he doesn't watch I the product, but... <laughs> I, yeah, I have different feelings. I thought he, he kind of buried himself on commentary, but yeah. this is my Also, opinion, you know. because the next match, Mr. Andy, according to Tongaloa, is uh, Los Ingobernables de Japón versus House of Horror. Yeah, <laughs> House of Horror. Calling him House of Horror. So that's fucking funny. Oh, my God. I don't have many notes for this match, but there's a big juice on Bushi, Paul Bushi. Uh, this is where, like, I start getting confused. Like, um... Why is Yujiro getting all of these wins? <clears throat> yeah, like, keep strong, you know. What What for? Why are we... Because <sighs> he's getting yeah. a feud with Okada. Oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> Look, I want to see some Okada having Okada matches, and I don't mind sometimes if it's against someone we know he's going to beat, but not Yujiro. Get out of here. I don't yeah, need fuck that. Yujiro. Like, yeah, I know it. he's paid his dues, and that's why he has a spot, but... Eh. But he's well, paid his dues, but he's not a champion of the world. <laughs> it's time after well, time. The big thing yes. about this match, Luke, is what happens after. Yes, that is true. Um, why did I... So Where am I? Chase Owens, oh, yeah. he, he jumps Shingo, yep. right? What happens after? That's right. So Shingo, in backstage comments and all this kind of shit, he's been bragging that he's going to beat Chase in five minutes flat, like, or less. And so uh, Chase took umbrage to that, which he should. So uh, he comes out post-match and beats up Shingo and gives him a package pile driver on the outside. So that's going to... On the chair. On, he on does it on a chair, well. yeah. And, like, yeah. I kind of wish that played into stuff more, but it kind of didn't. You know, um, I don't know. The next match, Luke, was Suzuki Goon versus Chaos. It was some guys from those those uh, Dude, different factions. Yeah, those guys. Uh, every tag match on the show is complete madness. And uh, yeah. Suzuki Goon, it's a brawl. And Dookie and Suzuki, they <laughs> they rhyme <laughs> and they attack Goto with weapons and it fucking rules. Thank you. Like like yep. use all the weapons against Goto. Fuck him. Doki gets to the top. Um, was it? Oh, he gets that uh, top rope assisted double stomp thing that they've been doing. I love that. Everybody gets in the pool, 
And then, um, you know, it's it's Shoto on Doki for the win. And then my what's my note say? Oh, it says boo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, I knew you'd hate that. Also, Tonga Long commentary is starting to sound like someone who's been like freed from Scientology or Stockholm syndrome or something. Because <laughs> he's like, wait, were we bad guys? And Kevin's like, dude, you were the worst. Really? Yes. Yeah, you way, weren't uh, even good, and you beat people. That's the worst. And like, yeah. you know, y- yes, that's true. Testing the water. Uh, I'm upset. Sorry, but anyway, there's uh, an awesome tweet that Ian has uh, replying to something I must have said about Tongaloa. Because Who is Ian, uh, Luke? Ian. Ian is our uh, resident uh, researcher of uh, grape ape. And uh, he's also our expert on New Japan Strong, which we'll hear from Mr. Ian very late. I don't know when in the show, but we'll hear from him later on in the show. But I wanted to mention his tweet here because it was fucking funny. He goes, Tama is the good bad guy. According to Ian, Tongaloa is the bad good guy. So (laughs) (laughs) that's fair. He'll get better. He'll get better. And the cool thing about being a good guy is the, the bad guy can put you over. Yep. You know what I mean? So, like, you don't have to do anything. That's, That's why right. I think he's really going to succeed as a good guy. All right. Let's let's deep dive into this next match. Now, yeah! I, I messaged, messaged Mr. Andy that night going, <laughs> being grumpy and stuff. Anyway, I slept on it, and Andy had watched the show by then. He's like, what was your beef? And I had that night to think about it, and it turns out, uh, one of the guys in this match is a guy that I'm so into now that uh, I don't like seeing him job. So even though the way he does job in this match feeds into his previous tournament match, also features into the previous G1 match. This guy had Zack Sabre Jr. This match is awesome. I know I just spoiled who wins, but I don't care. It is Zack Sabre Jr. versus the Great Okan. This is a marquee matchup in New Japan. Oh, For us, anyway. You know? Yes. Oh my God! This is what um this is what I'm gonna call rough technical because it's they're both it's both rough they're both rough and and hard against each other but it's also technical. Okay, it's let's break that it. down a little bit. Let's break that down a little bit. What do you mean? Like, explain what you mean. Well, like it didn't it didn't feel so much as choreographed. It felt like all right, they're backstage. Let's just start with um, doing some you know, map-based technical stuff. But they're all there. But it's kind of rough. They're jockeying for position. They, it just felt like less choreographed and more like just fucking just trying to one up each other. I just can't Let's explain break it very that well. Let's break that down so, a little bit. So yeah. like, you know, you've mentioned this term. I try not to use this term because I don't like it very much, but mm-hmm. you've used this term rest holds, right? So, like, yeah. you know, what is the difference between what these guys are doing and a rest hold? A rest hold is something that a wrestler will sit on for uh, however long, you know, until the uh, opponent starts to make a comeback and all that kind of stuff, right? And it's also an opportunity for both men to get a breather, I guess, which is why they call it a freaking rest hold. So but they uh, like, you know, we, we always assume a rest hold doesn't involve selling. You know, it's just like no. guys sitting there getting a breather, getting a blow, right? And like, yeah. this is different. You know, this is like, 
fantastic pro wrestling and the mat the mat based stuff that they're doing looks real it doesn't look yes. like hey yes, we're doing a you. hold and then we're holding on to that hold for a second and then we're moving on to the next thing it doesn't look they they are calling this in the ring and by calling it i mean they're not saying a fucking word and they're nope. just physically doing it and this is the I, art of professional yep. wrestling that yep. we're seeing in this match at, at kind of its highest level where it's these guys didn't, man. probably didn't say a fucking word to each other they just went out there and did this and it is incredible i love yeah. These two wrestlers. And there's little them. touches, man. Like they're going for submissions and then one of them goes to the ear or um, Zack Sabre Jr. is on the mat and, and then Grado can't just fucking chop him down like as he's in a sitting position too. Just things like that. And then like what plays into this match is they incorporate things that happen from like it's got a similar or well, it's got the same finish as their G1 match, but it works because the previous match Great Khan had, what did Ishimori spend his time doing? Fucking up Great Khan's arm. Well, that doesn't magically get better. Zack Sabre Jr., like, he watches the product. He watches the product, not like fucking Songaloa. Yeah. He no knows what the fuck loses. Yeah. He knows, he knows that uh, his ticket to beating Great Khan is the same thing as last time. Go for that arm. And he does. This match is so good. I love these two. And then Zack Sabre Jr. gets that same kind of like uh, mid-air uh, cross-arm thing on Great Khan. Uh, he's, and Great Khan, rather than have the move held on him for a while before tapping out, he, he does what he does last time because his arm's just been brutalized. In two matches in a row, he taps. And... Like, I sleep on it because, like, this match is great. And I'm like... Aah! And I you know I just kind of I guess I I guess I wanted man I want a WWE booking I want Zach wins Quick the first one wins, great yeah so Quick it's awesome wins. You'll, I you'll love this match and I can't complain so yeah but I can't complain too much because Zach Sabre Jr. is just a fucking masterclass to watch and he's even better when he's got someone who's also a masterclass at what he does and this right. is just fantastic so yeah. Uh, everyone watch this. Uh, either either of their matches is incredible. They're both amazing stuff. Zack Sabre Jr., Greater Khan. Yeah, what'd you... What, I've, I've crapped on yeah. that. Go! Yeah. I have a lot to say about this. So, yes. I would imagine if you're a pro wrestler, you particularly like this match because it kind of yeah. looks ugly. You know what I mean? And that's what a real fight would look like. So, yep. like, there's this thing where, like, a botch is a botch, but, like something looking ugly because you aren't cooperating because you shouldn't be yeah. that's good you know what i mean that that can be good it, it sometimes it's not good but it can be very good and that's like this match is not as pretty as their previous match their right. other one is probably a better match according to Meltzer or whoever but like to me I really enjoyed this because it was a little ugly and because of the way Rough technical. It, it made it look more realistic. You mentioned right at the beginning that it looked like you were like, yeah, it's like a, a submission match, but it looks like the submissions hurt is kind of what you said, yeah. right? So that's yep. the difference between some guys that are just doing moves and guys that are, you know, really – into what they're doing i don't know how else to describe it but it is fantastic there's some cool spots i want to mention one is that they get in this like leg lock deal and they're rolling around you know and they they can't they, they can't quite get over on each other so they they get a rope break 
Um, you know, but then they're like in this lock on the apron and they just like tumble to the floor, like in the lockup. And that's so cool. When guys take a lockup and walk around, like they move around with it. I mark the fuck out. I love that. One of my favorite matches ever Two local guys, uh, uh, Bruce gray and, um, another guy that's retired. So it doesn't even matter who he is. Cause he's just so fuck. He was so great. And like, uh, these guys did a lockup. They did like collar elbow tie up. They're like in the corners, they're rolling around. They're trying to, you know, they're fucking hitting the ropes and stuff and they can't get out of it. They roll to the outside in the lockup. They go around the ring and back in the ring in the lockup. One of the greatest matches I've ever seen just because I love that. I love that a lockup, a lockup can matter. And that, you know, there's a theme about the past couple episodes of this show. And that is that like, you know, it, more and more, it's become evident that when a wrestler makes a move matter, it matters. You know, it, it makes the mm-hmm. match better and it makes everything that happens better. And that's, you know, it's just one of those layers I'm peeling off of New Japan that I knew, but I had never been able to put into words. And that's kind of what our podcast is all about. It's trying to put into words why we like all this stuff. So, you know, I love that. Um, you know, there's all this like legwork by Great Ocon, you know, using the guardrails and the ring post, like he's using weapons and stuff like that, sort of. But I just, I don't know, man. You know, I could talk about all this stuff. There's a, there's a really cool satellite DDT thingy from from uh, Zack Sabre Jr. I don't know what to call it. And, you know, there's, but the finish is really cool. So it, it what happens at the finish is it's eliminator, but no, it's turned into an armbar. So right. Great Ocon picks up Great Ocon, that standard armbar move that you see, where like it, it's a it's actually a lucha move typically, where a guy, you know, gets a guy in like a triangle or like an armbar from the ground to a standing opponent, he picks him up with a one arm and does a power bomb. That's what always happens. But in this case, Great Ocon picks him up. Zack Sabre Jr. makes a little adjustment and boom, Great Ocon's fucked. He's like, <laughs> he's like, my arm's going to break if I don't. And and that's yep. kind of a pattern that we're going to see in Zack Sabre Jr.'s um, New Japan Cup of 2022 is that like, it's like the whole like tap or snap thing. You know, it's like yep. you have to tap out or you're fucked. And, and that is so fun to see in pro wrestling. Which is, yeah, because it just reminds me of his match against, like, Shingo. i never seen Shingo tap out so fast in my life, but in terms right. of the, how the match was built and the story being told, but he made tap It, like, added the importance to that move. And yeah. again, like I said before, this is all about adding importance to moves. And, and like, I don't know. I mean, we just saw Hiromu versus... Uh, Suzuki and they just did chops the whole fucking match and that by the way the most important move ever yeah it's incredible stuff uh I don't find out the, the exact number until the final night but I might as well mention it here because I've been waiting for some nerd to tell Kevin uh, so <laughs> I can I, I can remember it. it is <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it's uh the Suzuki Hiromi match 230 overhand chops wow yeah wow. So yeah, I'm gonna remember that number as as about as much as I remember 152 kicks 
um, those 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 two matches are seared into my wrestling fandom soul forever. Like I love those fucking two matches, man. And that's because, as you said, like they're only doing overhand slaps, but they, they, everything meant something. Oh, it was so good. Anyway, let's go to a match. That's hmm. I want to get your thoughts on this first, Mr. Andy. It is Sonata versus uh, Will. It does have maybe an unexpected finish that they had to do because of something that happens. You can tell yeah. this, is, this is one of those injuries that happens too, where uh, you know exactly when it happened. I put it on Instagram and slowed it down because I was like, fuck. And that was way before the injury was announced because, I mean, you guys know. If you watch wrestling, you know what looks like a wrestling move and what doesn't. So what happens is that, um, you know, this is an interesting match because it's mostly like a submission match at first. But, you know, which is kind of weird, but it's very good. And, you know, uh, we know Sonata is very good at that. And, you know, Will, I, I guess I'm just going to say his name from now on because dude has kind of redeemed himself. So Will Ospreay. Um, is very good at this kind of thing. And he's kind of good at whatever. So he he's one of these great Ocon types, which is interesting. Because isn't that isn't that kind of interesting? How like all of the United Empire guys, United Empire, so many ways they can beat you. You know, it's, it's like it's interesting. So, I like how you make Chris Charlton. You your Chris Charlton impression sounds like Chris Charlton doing a Borat impression. But only when he st- says that. Like, it's just the way yes. you said it was so silly. But um, they finally start running the ropes, but uh, stop to do Paradise Lock attempts, and then Sonata gets one. Uh, there's some cool springboard spots for both of them, and we get the, like, booyah spot. But really, <laughs> there's this really good timing on some rolling elbows. And I don't know if it's roaring elbows or rolling elbows. I think it's both. So I think if you're Chris Hero, it's roaring and if you're Claudio Castanelli or uh, whatever his name was in WWE, uh, who cares? Um, you know, it's roaring, but everybody else is rolling. So it's rolling elbows. <laughs> that's pretty great. Someone out there, I think that's funny. Um, and uh, with like barely any steps, Will Ospreay hits a Spanish fly, like a, like a running standing Spanish fly type deal. And it's yep. fucking insane. He gets like one and a half steps in. He does it. Like, how? That is amazing. Really impressive. There's an os cutter, but it's countered. And then another counter. And then Sonata's down. And um, this is when the injury happens. So this fucking idiot hits a shooting star press. But, like, so the idea on almost every kind of, like, splash-type move, right? Like, any kind of splash. Whether it's a senton or it's a fucking, you know, frog splash. The idea is that you're perpendicular with the person that you're hitting, right? Always. Not parallel. And definitely not, like, parallel while being in the same kind of, like, uh, you know, space as them. And that's what happens here is that uh, Mr. Shitface, he decides to do a shooting star press and lands basically just parallel or just, excuse me, uh, equal with – with with, uh, Sonata and just knees him in the face. Now, listen – Will also gets drilled in the face by Sonata's knees, but it's not nearly as bad because he's not trying to get up all of a sudden because yeah. Will is. Will's trying to get up, so he basically just fucking full-on knees Sonata in the face. The rest of the match is ruined because of this. Fucking crunch. Um, 
Tell me about the rest of the match because I, I've talked a lot about this. I feel like the rest of the match is kind of short after that. Like, uh, like uh, everyone, uh, Red Shoes and Osprey, I guess, realize that maybe Sonata's <laughs> down or Everybody something like knows. that. Immediately. Everybody yes. knows. <laughs> yep. And so what quickly happens after that is Will starts doing hidden blady stuff over and over again. Um, these and you know, just over and over and over again until they Red Shoes calls. They skip a bunch of spots, basically, yeah, right? they definitely do. It feel, yeah, the match is definitely shorter than it should have been. Uh, he does a whole bunch of stuff, so, like, there's a ref stoppage, I guess, and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, uh, Will wins, and this is a match that I reckon you and I would have been singing the praises of if it had of had the uh, desired finish. Will was yes. going over anyway, obviously. And it may have been even a similar finish with the ref stoppage or whatever. It doesn't matter, but because um, he's been going for stoppages, if you if if you if you uh, listen to him in his match with Zack Saber Jr., uh, Zack will be down at one point and he yells at Red Shoes, "Oi, Red Shoes, stoppage, stoppage!" You know, so <laughs> you know it's it's one of those matches where you watch it and you'll be like, "Oh, I wonder what could have been there." So uh, these two will wrestle again. But uh, I definitely know that uh, Will Ospreay is not going to be doing any fucking no. moonsaults like that ever yeah, again. good. It was a uh, you know, shooting star press, running shooting star press. But, like, Luke, you know, I would say the, like, enemy of, uh, I don't know, expression in ways that, like, pro wrestling is really good at would be panic. And that's what happens when someone gets hurt in a match is that, is that like, people panic. And so, like, yep. everybody panics in this match, except maybe Red Shoes. And so that's why the last couple minutes of it were just like, fuck. I think even, and like, even the people that were on the outside, like, Hanari was on the outside. Even he panicked. Like, everybody panicked. And so yeah. that's, the, that's the enemy of expression. That's the enemy of, like, uh, you know... And the Anything. panic exposes the business too because yes. like Hanaro's like, time. oh my god, Sonata's hurt. Hey, dude, right. Sonata's hurt. And never and, and the Empire guys are just like, we're supposed to hate him. Yeah, what? but he's our friend backstage, man. Like, what's going on? <laughs> well, it and like it, it brings reality into it, you know, into the match. Not only because the guy's hurt, but also because the person who hurt him's like, oh my god, my spot. <laughs> like, yeah, that's exactly what happened. And so it, it's just kind of fucked up. Now, I have always in the past, like uh, on the road home from wrestling, uh, we always praise because we saw people get hurt a lot because we saw lots of good and bad uh, independent pro wrestling. And, um, you know, even sometimes the good guys get hurt uh, yep. because of just some miscalculation. And so we always praise the people that were able to keep a cool head and kind of take control of the situation because those guys are fucking they are amazing. You know, but when yep. the stakes are as high as they are in this kind of situation, it's it sucks. And no matter who you are, you're going to be upset about it. So that this match is a frustrating match. It's very good, but it's yep. also like shit. So, yep. Both. Yep. Which makes me um, hope that they put these two men in the G1. Uh, 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 you know, provided Sonata's fine. And then, uh, you know, we see these two go at it again because uh, I feel like these two will also want to have another go at it to, to go, oi, this is what we wanted to show off right. last time. 
So yeah, uh, the, I hope the finish would have been that. great, right? And, and yeah. it, it's clear they had a bunch of cool shit planned, but like, yeah. anyway. Well, that was the main event of that uh, that night ten. But Luke, you and I, this is the first time we podcasted this week, right? No, see, it's uh, it's what Tuesday for me, and this is my second podcast in uh, two days because uh, I joined Mr. Andy on his other podcast. It is called The Road Home from Wrestling. And uh, sometimes on your podcast, Mr. Andy, you will do a film or a TV show, but uh, every film or TV show that you guys cover on The Road Home from Wrestling will uh, inevitably have some form of wrestler in it. And uh, we had the exciting opportunity yesterday to record, oh man, <laughs> a really long discussion on a really bad movie that we had just a blast just uh, picking apart and having a good chuckle about. It is called The Expendables. So, yeah, if you want to hear us talk about something that's not wrestling and then just having a good old uh, chinwag banter, uh, it's not quite like our Never uh, Realm episodes because, hey, we have a topic and we stick to it, which is uh, The Expendables movie. Yes. But we have a fucking absolute blast. We I think we had such a great time that uh, – Mr. Andy messaged me this morning or last night or whatever. And he's like, I just ordered Expendables 2. Which, <laughs> admittedly, Expendables 2 might not have a wrestler in it, but number three does in this form of uh, former women's champion, Ronda Rousey. So, you know, you, you, for continuity's sake, we've probably got to do the trilogy, Mr. Andy. But yes, I had a fucking blast. It was like two hours talking about a shitty movie. So, oh man, I, it was just... <laughs> Oh, hearing back some of it, I couldn't stop laughing. And it was just great stuff. <laughs> it was fun. So yes, yeah, it was it was yeah. good stuff. Hey man, check out the Road Home from Wrestling podcast. We're yep. going to be doing a bunch of cool movie reviews coming up, and that was one of them. And we're going to do Expendables too. And I can't wait to see like whose family member Ronda Rousey is. Like, is she Eric Roberts' like niece or something? And she's fucking pissed about what that CGI knife that like went through. Yes, yeah. I mean she might be mad about that. And she That's not a like... CGI knife. <laughs> this so, is a CGI knife. <laughs> outstanding. Please check that out. But uh, I just want to mention that before we moved on to yep. night eleven. Oh yeah. So let's do it. Night eleven. We're here. Aaron Cork and Thousand people, Luke. A thousand yeah. people at Kurgan Hall. Fucking love it. The balconies aren't quite open for fans yet, but we're almost there. Oh, almost yep. there. Mr. Andy messages me. I think there's more people here than usual. Two minutes later, Chris Charlton. There's more people here than usual. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is really cool. Look, this first match makes me nervous, though, because it's Ask Masters of Tanahashi versus Yo and GBH. <laughs> oh and, I'm lost. and my first note here, if one of GBH <laughs> pins one of the junior champs, I'm going to feel fucking pissed off. Uh, but this is fun stuff. Yo and Wato go harder than they probably need to for an opener. But uh, that's cool. All right, fine. You guys want to kill each other? All right, I'll watch that. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Homer decides to headbutt Tanahashi. So Tanahashi's like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> I'll put your ass in a JTO. So he does. <laughs> it's the HTO. Me. HTO, you know. It was so, HTO uh... that time, yeah. <laughs> that match was fun. After that, we had House of Torture versus Suzuki Goon. And yep. uh, at this match, like, Desperado, he just wants 
to get his hands on show. That's what it's all about, right? You know, show's been attacking him and stuff. He even tries to use Dookie, Dookie's pull on show at one point. And it's like, that is against the law. I don't care who you are. Unless you're Minoru Suzuki, you go get to pick up Dookie's pole and like try to hit someone with it. That's but he right. did it. And at least it was show that he was trying to hit it. So he lays a great, great sneaky heat spot where uh, show puts Dookie off the apron mid springboard attempt, which is pretty cool. So whatever that means. And there's a big juice on Dookie. Boo! Yeah, another Ujiro win. I just want to mention uh, about Dookie before we move on to the next match. Uh, the commentator, ever since uh, we heard that amazing um, kind of Doki journey story on Takataichi Mania 3, and we've yeah. mentioned it when we covered that. But I put it in the last episode. Yep, but that story is out now, and the commentators, uh, both Chris and Kevin, have picked up on, on, uh, on it, and they're, they're pimping Doki out really well, which is cool um, because – even though when you watch the matches, he might still be considered bottom rung jobbery kind of guy. They're spending a lot of time talking about him and talking him up, which is, you know, means makes me feel like maybe New Japan's got some plans for Mr. Doki and they should. Hey man, he, he works his freaking ass off. You don't have yeah. to win to be over Luke. So, uh, no you know, that's a fact. You just have to be as cool as fucking Doki. And he is, he's the man. man. You know how big of a fan he is of the, like, uh, was it the Aichi Dolphins? Like, he is a massive fan. Uh, there's a picture on the Instagram, and I think on the Twitter, I think I posted it there, of him in the crowd hanging yep. out, you know, cheering on the uh, the Dolphins with his pole. Every time the Dolphins scored, they heard this. Hitting, him hitting <laughs> a pole on something. And, and also, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that's his thing. They have that recorded, and so they've worked it into a song. And Doki's like up on the t the like big screen in the middle, you know. And there's yeah. like a Doki dance, and you know he's so fucking over at the Dolphin Stadium. That's why he keeps going. Really, he doesn't even care. I want to see Dolphins, Doki do the safety so dance. That'd be really funny. What is it? The safety dance. Oh my god, that is like you um. You know I do know that is? song. Yeah, I do know that song. It's really You can dance bad. if you want to. You can leave your yeah. friends behind. No friends of mine. Yeah. That's a good yeah. song. There's, a, there's like an old, like, um, I think it was Conan O'Brien sketch where basically there's this, like, character, and he's a guy who just sings the safety dance to whatever. And he's like, I can pause a podcast if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. And, and he just does that in every social situation. He's shunned. <laughs> by everyone wow well they they are they ain't no friends of mine that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> so uh let's let's go into the next one let's let's repress doki losing to yujiro again from our collective memories <laughs> i've created a monster and it's scrollers of destiny richardo versus bad luck file and the bullet club cuties which is of course shredder and oh we got problem in this match but go ahead and, uh, I'm sorry. gorillas of destiny go for the katamaru opening and uh, we get some pretty interesting jado history from commentary so uh, according to the commentators haku took care of both uh, jado and gato when they were down in mexico and uh, also when uh, uh, tamatonga came to japan to be a young lion and all that kind of stuff jado kind of took him under his wing as well so 
I like how they put a bit of real life kind of stuff in in the backgrounds of this. So that's pretty cool. I uh, really like that. And, you know, it kind of strengthens the bond that us viewers can see between, you know, Jado and the gorillas. So, yep, that's pretty cool. I'm liking the face turn stuff. Uh, G.O.D. and Jado get a little bit further with their revenge, only for that dumbass ref. Gato comes out, right, with brass knucks, and gorillas uh, hold hold him so Jado can get the knucks and punch him. And then the ref stops him. Why? Gato's not in the freaking match, you stupid ref. Get the fuck out. Someone should have chopped bumped his ass. I know you're a face now, Tama, but bitch slap that that guy right now because you he dance. got in the way. And the reason that uh, they yeah. lose this time is because of that ref being an idiot and then sudden death and uh, Jado loses. After the match, the ass masters come out to make the save because <laughs> there's a bullet club stomp. So last the night before, I'm like, did they just make friends? Yes, they did. Yes, they and Wato coming out, yeah, that's quite a huge. But Taguchi, a guy who's had a lot of problems with Bullet Club, and I guess he's one of the earliest people to have been right? betrayed, betrayed because of club. the whole um, Prince Devitt thing. Luke, Off that's the... why he's team unaffiliated. Yeah. Because he, he will not affiliate himself with people because he fucking hates them. You that's know, he right. hates he... Bullet Club. But he offers his hand to Tamatonga. And Tamatonga shakes his it. ass. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there we go. Uh, we're, we're cementing wow. the face turn here. It's And uh, it's it's really cool. We haven't finished cementing this face turn either because uh, it'll keep building from here. Uh, yeah. It's fun. It's fun. It's good to get a bit of story stuff. It's nice. I love it. And um, I have to it's mention... It's been a while. <laughs> there is a... You can dance... There's a uh, a great Twitter exchange on this day about Led Zeppelin and like the Yardbirds and the difference between them. And (laughs) it's fantastic. And I'm not going to explain that any further. But Luke, (laughs) the next match is Suzuki-kun versus Chaos. Guess who's in it? Who knows? That's the guys. So um, Team Bushwa. They, they're like a, we learned that the Bishamon is a British war guard, war god. Oh my God. This is turning into never realm. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, that's right. It's, it's a British war god. Um, what? So they're like druids or something? Uh, okay. But like, that's like, that's, I, you can't do that. Um, Ishii is back. So that's good. And he and Suzuki wrestle some. So I love that. And Chaos yeah. pins Taka Michinoku, of course. Of course. Stupid, stupid Chaos. Also, notice Suzuki's chest. It's still bruised the fuck up from the Hiromu match. <laughs> you can chest. You can chest. You can dance. You can dance. Everybody take you off your pants. You can chop if you want to. You can chop right to the throat. All right, so now, <laughs> yeah, anytime you see uh, Ishii and Suzuki mix it up, it's a fucking great time. But let's do it next match. We've got uh, uh, Willow the Cobb versus Bushi and Naito. Yeah, you know who's losing this, don't you? Uh, <laughs> the Cobb-Naito stuff is freaking cool. It's really good stuff. Uh, and, uh, you know, Naito targets Cobb's ouchy parts, which, of course, are the knee. And But, fuck, man. Cobb does some amazing catches and transitions and then like like suplex and a spin cycle. So it's so fucking cool. But Hidden Blade on Bushi, of course. And uh, oh, Bushi. 
Cole Bushi. Hey, at least it wasn't. He's eating a lot of pins, you know. I do have a note here. It says that this match is between Lij and Jeff Cobb versus Jeff Cobb and Botch Spray. Botch oh, spray. I like that. Botch we'll mention his name now, and by the end spray. of that match, you're like, "This fuckface hurts another." <laughs> Techers versus Yano and Okada. Yano takes Taichi's pants off. You son of a bitch. Fuck you, Yano. We've turned on you. You're not yeah, he's a heel now. He's a heel he's now because worst. he's beaten up well, our beloved Suzuki Goon. <laughs> he's always been a heel. So yes. uh, we get we get some amateur stuff from like Yano and and uh, sumo stuff from Taichi. That's good. He, uh, but uh, it says he pins Yano with sumo axe bomber. So Taichi yes. pins Yano. So he is the king of pro wrestling. That's right. This uh, is Emperor. awesome. Emperor. Uh, for excuse me what do you what do you do with taichi going forward you put him in a story with yano and i'm like dude uh taichi yes, please. is my favorite wrestler he's like my yeah. favorite wrestler luke and and, and now he's gonna do and now he's gonna have sumo shenanigan matches with yano and uh Yay! i don't know i don't know about you oh well, i guess we are both gonna lap that shit up <laughs> <laughs> i fought Oh, hell yeah. All right, next uh, we have what turns out to be actually a pretty damn good match, uh, which I would expect nothing less because Shingo's in it. But we got Shingo versus Chase. And I would say Chase does some fun, interesting stuff at the start. So Chase, like, uh, he just – he comes guns blazing, trying to fuck up Shingo's neck. It takes him to the outside. There's a Russian leg sweep against, like, the side of the apron, which is pretty cool. Uh, that was my like one of my favorite parts of his early offense. Like I was like, no, oh, I don't think I've seen too many of those. But uh, yeah, you know, to hit the top of the the, the, the top of the you know, neck on the on the apron part, that was great. Yes. Yeah. Shingo sells and bumps his ass off, making all the all, all of the offense that he does uh, harder to do than it is. Chase does a lot of damage onto Shingo, and uh, by the time Shingo starts any form of comebacks, the five minutes is up. So Luke, it's not. Listen, let's let, let me stop you right there. Before yes. we even start this match, it's important to let the listeners mm-hmm. and everyone in the fucking world know that the honorable ref Chumpy is presiding over this match. Oh, hell yes, he is. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is. And what I love about Shingo in this match is all of his moves are harder to do because his neck is all fucked up and shit. Right. So it feeds and, into and Chase is everything the neck too. Yes. He hits a lariat, sell. He takes a bump, sell. Like wow. everything he does, he hits the ropes, ow. Everything. <laughs> Everything looks like it hurts him to do because he's just been freaking beating the shit up. Uh, but then there's this one gnarly part, and I know this is probably in your notes too. I saw this and I was like, wait, what the fuck? Because he doesn't usually do these in normal situations. But Shingo's in the package pile driver position, and boom, he does a Rana. He Rana what counters is, out of that. Oh, it's one of the coolest spots I've ever seen in my life. I about shit myself. I was like, what? just happened that was amazing i've never seen the junior do that i've never seen the flippiest guy gringo loco doesn't do that spot that is like the flippiest shit of all time and i love that it was in this like heavyweight match it's fantastic and it's probably like the only kind of flippy kind of move in this whole match 
and it comes out of nowhere and it just stands out because you're just like, what the fuck? How did you do that? Eventually, last of the dragon, and of course, the one we all wanted is goes over. It is Shingo's. Luke, there's a really cool spot in this match, and it's a superplex. And I am telling you, superplex is one of the best moves in pro wrestling. It's like one you can build to. You can fight up to the top rope. You can, you know, have an injury and have to hit it because you you have to do something to take over, you know, and that's what kind of Shingo was at this point. And he has a superplex and they're both fucked after superplex because he's got the neck. It's tremendous. And like this match is, is just Shingo selling the match. And like this is why he was so great in the best of super juniors. This is why he's always been so great is that his goal was to make his opponent look amazing. He's the Arn Anderson of new Japan, you know, except he yeah. does a lot cooler shit. And so, you know, there, you know, when you, you watch a wrestler, it's like a, a real worker and that's, that's Shinko man. And he's fantastic. He can make anybody look great. So of course he makes uh, chase Owens look great. I love this. I just, I mean, there was there was just some really cool shit in this. Like, you know, for example, you know, there's a surprise made in Japan for two, but Chase Owens goes for a package, uh, you know, pile driver, and then there was that, you know, like you said, that Rana that was insane, and and yeah. I, I just. I don't know if I've ever seen him do that in a match. And it's not even like a regular Rana. It was some crazy shit you never see before. It was amazing. Um, almost like it seemed like a happy accident. I loved it. This match was amazing. I don't have anything else to say about it. You should watch it. Shingo's the yeah. best. Uh, look, and, I, and just to just to say, like, Chase doesn't botch or anything like that. He holds no, up his side of great. the match just fine. So, yeah. He does just fine. Uh, now, but Luke, obviously... Where Shingo marks, so we're going to be like Shingo, yeah. Shingo, 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 Shingo. Right. But so hey, the next this, match, yep. But Luke, the, of all matches, this is one where we have rooting interest, right? I mean, how yeah. are you feeling about this match? Feeling pretty good. In fact, uh, Hiromu Takahashi versus Evil is one of the few times I am actively rooting against Evil. Why? <laughs> okay. Because Hiromu yeah. is special. He is a special dude. Like, it, it, who doesn't like Hiromu? Like, send all your letters to go fuck yourself if you don't like Hiromu Takahashi. Right. Like, why are you even yeah. watching wrestling f- f- for reals? Like, this guy is he's special. He's like a one of a kind. And I wanted, I want someone to pin Mr. Evil because I want to set up a freaking never title match. Oh my god, Hiromu versus Evil. Um, for the Neville Golds, yeah, someone tweeted this, and it's been stuck in my head all time. I stole it, and now it's mine. It's my idea now, and it's in my Ours. fantasy dream book. Yeah, our fantasy yeah. dream book. That Twitter dude doesn't have a fantasy dream book. It's only ours. Trade my fantasy dream book. Never open podcast. So that's right. Uh, and uh, yeah. Patented. So anyway. So yes, this has to be one of the very few times because me, who has two evil T-shirts, I has to torture one in a darkness club one. Like I'm evil. I'm love me some evil. And yeah, I wanted for Romy to win. So <laughs> there it is. I thought the match was great. I, I feel like evil has kind of. I don't. I didn't notice this when he was maybe 
when he was a face in LIJ, but I've I've been noticing this a lot more. Maybe maybe it's because he's got uh, a bumping machine with him all the time with Dick Togo. But evil, <laughs> evil's turned into quite a bump machine for everyone. He, in this he, situation, yes, yes, yeah, in this situation for sure. Which is awesome. Uh, minimal interference because I like it because evil's beaten Hiromi before, so he's cocky. I don't need everyone. Just need Togo. It's fine. Uh, Evil's also the only member of Bullet Club left standing, so it's even more a sign of sheer arrogance that uh, <laughs> Hiromu, this motherfucker's got no chance. Not only does Hiromu win, Mr. Andy, how does he win? So, this match is fantastic. Um, yeah, he wins with everything is evil. <laughs> yep. Everything is Hiromu, boom. <laughs> I love it. Fucking baller. Everything, everything, everything is weird as fuck. I think is what he would call his move, you know. But um, goddamn, this match is fantastic, and it's mostly because of the Rudy interest. Like, like the work's very good. Don't get me wrong. And you're right. Like Harumu does something, and Evil's like fucking flying across the ring. Like you know, he yep. is invested in this as you know personally and you can see that he's trying to put his buddy over as much as possible and yeah. Hiromu looks so strong in this it's fantastic of course he's the underdog because it's two against one you know so there's all kinds of dick togo bullshit in this and he bumps like a maniac in this too i love this match and i'm telling you man this is like it's hard to like I don't know. That's there's that weird thing that like when history's happening as you're watching it, it's kind of hard to like really grasp it until yeah. you look back on it, right? And that's kind of what we're seeing here because either Romu is moving to the heavyweight division or he's going to be the never champion, right? It's one yeah. or the other. It can't be. It can't be nothing. This can't be for nothing. I agree. Uh, but uh, some of the commentary over the next uh, two shows is going to really bug me, and uh, I'll get into that a little bit. So uh, are, you, are you ready for uh, Night 12 in uh, yeah, man. Nagoka? All right, man. New Japan <laughs> Cup, Night 12. It says Nagita, but it's also a place called Nag Nag Nagoka. So it's confusing, but it's basically yeah. at the City Hall Plaza. Nagoka is a multi-purpose yep. arena and city hall in Naka, Naka, no, Japan. And it is the home arena, Luke. Are you ready for this? I yep. mean, are you ready? It's for the BB of the B-League of Japan's professional basketball league. We got the BBs oh, in the house. Shit. So there's like two words I can't pronounce, and then the word the the letters BB. So I'm assuming the extra B stands for BYOBB. <laughs> well, or their their mascot is just a giant sphere, <laughs> like a BB, an actual BB, like giant BB. <laughs> so you guys have BB guns in Australia. Yeah, yeah. How's that work? Tell me about BB guns and pellet guns and all that shit. Tell me all. About I don't that. really have that much experience with with them, but I. I but yes they do exist around here in in australia um don't you I, have I, to I, own I, one because the snakes and the, the the like you know dingoes i don't know man guns are rare here <laughs> usually if i see a gun it's on a fucking cop's hip and that's about good it good for you man. yeah if i see so. one i'm like at chipotle so. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's not a cop getting Chipotle. It's just some dude just being like, it's just I want time. Yes. <laughs> oh, life is weird. All right, man. Night 12. Let's get into it. Yep. We got Yo, Ishii, and Yano versus three young lions. Poor young lions are just going to get throat chopped and punched in the dick. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Vegeta, as usual, manages the gnarly drop kick, but Ishii fucks him up for it. Oh my god. Yudo, Yuto Nakashima grabs the hell out of Yo, and then Yo pins poor Yuto with a move that never usually gets pins because, uh, you know, that whole joke of no one kicks out of the Falcon Arrow. And, uh, but yeah, yeah, Yuto. The deal. Yeah, no one kicks out of the deal. Also, so- something I like post match, though, is Vegeta. <laughs> He's just like, right. no, I'm not done. Let's go. You want if you're a young lion and you want to show that like you've got some balls, you got some brass ones on you. You just, just go up to Ishi and uh, start some shit, and then Ishi just drops him like a second. He crap. does. My nose says he gets dropped. So yeah, that's what says. Now Luke, the next match, yeah. which is it's a fine match and everything, but I really want to talk about the third match on this night. But uh, right, Tanahashi so- and Bread. Versus yep. Yoshihashi and Goto, non-title. It's an important match. This is very good. I would like to talk about this match. But, man, that next match is after this. Holy oh. shit, it's amazing. So, um, this is decent. It's a good tag match. Um, kind of yeah. hate seeing Mr. Bread get dominated by Yoshihashi or Goto. Yeah. But uh, yeah. he's getting his shit in. And uh, Yoshihashi is uh, talking shit after the match. Goto pins Mr. Bread with the Shoto. Yeah, I'm, I'm cheering you on. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's bad. He holds it. Tanakozi versus Team Bishamon is a bit of a, a weird matchup, but uh, you know, I'll take it. I like uh, like a bit of bread with uh, with my Tanahashi and uh, Tanahashi vice versa. So is, yeah, it's like he's all about defending Team Unaffiliated lately, and so we're gonna learn oh, about yeah. that more lately. He's all oh, about yeah. Team Unaffiliated. He's like, I don't, I don't belong to any group. That's right, man. I like and these dude, guys. <laughs> you you want to see a brand new visual you never thought you'd see? Starts in the next match. Oh I know that's probably God! the the shortest uh, amount awesome. we've talked talk, talked about bread and Tanahashi. But hey, this everyone knows we match. love them. It's a solid match. So it's great. Ass Masters, Gorillas of Destiny, and Jado versus the Bull Cup Cuties, Gato, <laughs> Chase, and Farle. <laughs> Fucking, you've got this kind of triangle formation with Jado leading the charge. You got. The, the the junior champions, you've got Gorillas of Destiny, you've got Jado in the middle, and Jado's just like, fucking, let's go! And they just start running to the I, I Before we get into the action, I really have an important question for you, because yep. it, this match takes place on Taichi's birthday, right? And if you're an immortal holy emperor, do you care about birthdays? Like, does anyone ever mention birthdays on Highlander? <laughs> Not really. Not really. Uh, like sometimes I'm surprised they even remember their birthdays and how old they even are. So uh, <laughs> if it wasn't for if it wasn't for like, I re- sometimes I reckon Duncan might only know his age because he's got like Joe to, Joe there to tell him. Right. So the watchers are the ones, but like so Taichi's just doing this. This is like a strong spirits like publicity stunt. Right? Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> I just want to make sure that was clear before we got into the wrestling action. By the way, there's this awesome Tongan massage on Wato. I think uh, is, is this one of the ones where um, Ishimori just is full on on uh, piggyback mode on uh, yes! Farley's back, 
they're awesome. I love how they're doing those Tonga massages. They're, they're, that's great. Uh, Tonga Loa and Jado. Man, they do something that works. And Tonga Loa yeah. does it first. He's like <laughs> on his chest. And what happens? The fucking crowd starts clapping. I'm like, good for you, Tonga Loa. Good for you. And something even more shocking because he's been such a douchebag kill for most of his career, I guess. Except for the, I guess, that short time he was in Chaos with Gato. Oh, they were in there for ages. But they were still kind of healy, weren't they? Mm-hmm. We get uh, Jado. Dude, he gets his fan comeback too. He gets the freaking, he, he <laughs> throws his hands up in the air. Fans start chanting, cheering, Come or, on, you know, clap, yeah. clapping and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Wrestling is so surreal. Anything can happen. Literally anything. Two months ago, if you had told me that Gorilla, Jado and Tongaloa were going to do stuff to get the fans really behind them and it would work, I'd be like, bitch, are you for real? You know, like that guy in Dolomite. <laughs> He's but, trying to get that over to Dolomite. Yeah, it's, Dolomite's it's, fantastic. It's a great movie, man, yeah. Like, so, but, do you know how I learned about Dolomite? I was watching one of those Wu-Tang Kung Fu movies that we were talking about yeah. yesterday. And and I had a preview for Dolomite at the beginning. And I was like, oh, my God, what is this? That looks cool, right? <laughs> I'm going to find it's, that and order it. <laughs> That's what happened. I haven't watched the new Dolomite on Netflix with Eddie Murphy and stuff. So it's like, funny. I might, yeah, I might rewatch the yeah, old one, uh, the original first. And yeah, then, definitely watch the first one and, and maybe yeah. watch Black Dynamite and then watch the, uh, you know, Eddie Murphy. Black Dynamite, by the way, with Michael J. White. I love Amazing. him. Not only is that movie hilarious, but Michael Jai White is also one of my favorite B-movie action heroes. Him and Scott Atkins, by the way. But are <laughs> uh, oh, the fucking bomb. Well, all right. Roberts. Have you ever watched The Last Dragon? It's on Tubi right now. And that is like one of the like most amazing 80s movies of all time. I mean, mm. the, the, bad guy, the bad guy's name is Show Nuff. Like, it is oh. fucking amazing. It's a 1985 film. You okay. want to watch that, Luke? You want to watch that? Like, if you don't right. know about that, that's like that's like not knowing about the room, you know? Like, it is something. <laughs> oh, all right, awesome. I love, I love trash. You, you do. You, it's not that you do not. It's that you do. Okay. <laughs> I do love trashy films. It, all right, bring us back to Earth here. I don't know. All right, man. <laughs> Brass knocks on Jado by Gato. C trigger and Chase wins. Fucking douchebags. Oh. But, uh, but the big, super awesome, massive thing, apart from you know the whole entrance, is what we want to talk about the next night. So, man, that that's huge. I love that. But next, we've got Taka, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and Minaru Suzuki versus oh, and El Desperado, sorry, versus House of Torture. This is fun mm. stuff. It's big preview stuff for El Desperado and Show. I do appreciate <laughs> that House. I do appreciate that uh, House of Torture came out to Show's music. Which yeah. is uh, cool. Yep. But uh, what annoys me in this match more than anything is Kevin's comments that if Hiromi wins the New Japan Cup, he will challenge for the junior title. And I'm like, no, 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 man. The never title. Yeah. Never, never please. title. Please. please. What? That, and that, that all, also those comments telegraphed to me that like Hiromi's not beating Shingo, but that's fine. Right. Uh, <laughs> but there's a big juice on Taka, and Yujiro oh. gets another fucking win. Well, I gotta keep it strong, you know? And that's what it is. I thought this match was fucked. It was in the deepest spot. 
that match report was amazing. It was incredible. Yeah. So like this could not measure up. And uh, after that, we had Lij versus Gbh and Tiger Mask. And uh, you know, as Lij enters, the camera shot tells the story because Hiromu is kind of like glaring at Shingo, and I mm-hmm. like that. You know, I love that because he faces him the next day. But uh, the crowd is fucking insane for this match. I love it. Shingo uh, gets a pop for just tagging in. <laughs> he, like tags in the crowd like, ah! it's great. which yep. y'all sounds like. That's what it really sounds like. <laughs> but they're like, really like, you know how it is. With like, we've now got to the point where like when a crowd like is really hot, it's not. When they're hot, it's. Right? Yes. So that's yep. what's going on. Like, she go tags and <laughs> clapping their asses off. I love it. It's so much fun. And where was I? Um, so Hiromu does, like, heavyweight shit spots on uh, uh, Makabe, which is pretty funny. What's my name <laughs> here? <laughs> that's what my note says. <laughs> there you go. You do it way better. Hanma um, <laughs> gets a Kokeshi on Shinko. To the delight of the crowd, they love it. It was good stuff between Hanma and Shingo. It's pretty good. Like, Hanma's actually pretty great on this tour so far. Yep. Um, you know, very there's some, Absolutely. what's this, like, some words that don't make sense on Hanma and Pumping Bomber for the win. A little yep. talking shit after the match, Luke. A little talking shit. Yep. And it ends with, like, Shingo walking down the ramp and uh, Hiromu glaring at him from behind, which is yeah. too. And uh, here we go. One of my favorite trios in all of wrestling. Of course, it's Doki and the Tekkers. And Doki and the Tekkers. Yeah. Doki and the Tekkers. Yeah. Uh, versus Hinare, Great Khan and Will. Now, as fun as this is, I feel like uh, we get more uh, Great Khan Taichi and Doki and Hinare than we do the actual guys previewing for the next match which is supposed to be Will and Zack Saber Jr. But I don't mind. I don't mind seeing uh, a whole lot of uh, Doki and Taichi doing their thing either. This is but... Luke. Fucking shut up. This is all about one thing. Come on. Tell us about the thing that happens in this match. Do you mean like the Rampage Streets of Rage on no! Doki? No! What? Well, Great Okan puts his hat on and challenges <laughs> Taichi. To a sumo. This is the greatest thing yeah, ever. That's right at the start, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Come on. This is amazing. <laughs> this is incredible. Like, Mr. Great O'Con's just like, oh, you want to wrestle me? <laughs> so he looks at Tai Chi, who it, you know, it's, and, and Tai Chi's like trying to do sumo shit. So he's like, all right, bro, puts his hat on and starts like doing this dance. And it's ridiculous. I love it. It's so amazing that I made a video out of it. And turn it into like the Pee Wee Herman dance. <laughs> Great Khan is so comfortable and relaxed that he will just do weird dance motions. Awesome. Like, which which reminds me of something Taguchi might do sometimes. Just do this weird dance. And you're just like, what are you doing, man? Oh, okay, you just, you're being Taguchi. That's fine. <laughs> but you know what Taichi does? He's like, he's like, oh, you're going to do that dance? I'll choke you. <laughs> Straight into That's the Roman great. Greco throat hold. Oh my god, I love this match so much. Luke. Which is got to be one of my favorite names removed, by the way. I love it. I, I love the constant defense. 
you know, like because we had someone new on commentary this week, and it was it was Tonga fucker, and he's like, yeah, what's that? You're calling it the Roman oh, Greco Roman throat hold? What's that? And Kevin Kelly's like, yeah, turns out like it's neither Greco nor Roman. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, he he ran he kind of, he kind of ran loops around Tongaloa at certain spots on the commentary, but it, it's totally fine. <laughs> now uh, here we go. This match is awesome. I hope you like yeah. it too. It is Jeff Cobb versus Tetsuya Naito. There's there's what I'm going to call a Cobbination Cabron, which is really cool. What? Oh, I was just, I was just ooing. I was yeah. doing the Japanese. How dare he? That's a bit of Cobb. Like, I mean, Cobb, mate, Cobb's not much of a shit talker, but he will kind of troll you by doing your own kind of uh, ma- mannerisms and maybe a move or two. So, uh, yeah, combination Cobrone, which is cool. Uh, Cobb getting Naito in the air in a, like a deadly suplex position and just doing squats. Like, what the fuck? Like this, uh, this match is really cool but it doesn't it it kicks into major gear maybe a, a little later with like a, a superplex or something like deadlift it's much it, yeah outside it in superplex luke yeah outside yeah. in yeah it's just nuts and from there it's like everything just gets crazy there's some awesome counters we get like a tour which is into a destino but it's not a full destino because it's three oh, he hasn't been able to get awesome. a full one yeah but he goes for a Destino anyway. Fucking spin cycle. Oh, it's it's ramping up. It's ramping up really cool. And then uh, Naito with the troll win again. Uh, Schoolboy on Jeff Cobb for the one, two, three. This match is... It takes a little while to get going, but once it get, gets going, it's it's gnarly as hell, man. It's awesome. And you, and you can... Just like you can pinpoint the exact moment Sonata gets his face mushed. You can pinpoint the exact moment in this match where the guy's like, yeah, we're warmed up now. Let's fucking crush it. <laughs> hey, Luke, so what was the first time you ever saw Jeff Cobb wrestle? Remember? Mighty Matanza Cueto. Okay, so why was Matanza over? I mean, other than the storyline stuff, in the ring, why was Matanza over as a wrestler? Like, was, he'd just throw motherfuckers. So he like, was a power was guy. powerful. Yeah. Amongst a bunch of Lucha dudes. And this match is Lucha versus power. That's what it is. It's fucking awesome. And it is like, man, the psychology is fantastic in this match. If you just, if you read it the way I did, as I said, like Lucha versus power, because everything that Naito does that is like a big move is some kind of like weird Lucha move. You know, Mm -hmm. Destino is a weird Lucha move. You know, Esperanza is a weird lucha move. Like, everything he does is some, like, goofy-ass, like, Japanese version of a lucha move. And Cobb does power moves. So that's what it's all about. I fucking love it. it you know, like, I, I have a note that says Matanza lives. Because, like, this was, like, Matanza. But, like, with psychology. You know, yeah. and, and not every match in Lucha Underground had the amount of psychology that a New Japan match has. You know, oh, so not. this was just like, I mean, the counters, it was incredible to see how fun it is to like, like one of my, one of my best buddies, that's a fantastic wrestler. 
His name's Aaron Williams. And he, he like, when I first met him, before he even knew anything about me, he told me wrestling's all about taking, you know, your shit, which is what well, he said stuff because he doesn't curse. He says your stuff and your opponent's stuff and making new stuff with those like two things, right? So A plus B equals yeah. C. And like, and that's what happens in this match is that every time Nido tries to do some lucha shit, Cobb turns into a power move in a way that you've maybe never seen happen before. And yeah. it is fucking outstanding. I love this match. It's great. Yeah. Which I'm glad we've got one more night to cover after this. Look, the next match is good. It, it, it's kind of fine. Um, I got a lot to say about this one, Luke. All right, hit us. Let's go. Seema versus Okada. Go for it, Mr. Mr. Guy. What did you think of this? Do you think, like, what do you, what do you, how do you think Okada's going to react to a guy who doesn't sell? So my last note, there's my last note says weird match. And that would yeah. be how I describe this. This match is super weird. So, like, at the beginning, you know, it's just do a little play-by-play. They go to the outside, and Seema hits the DDT on the apron uh, to the floor, right? And or, no, no, he hits a DDT on the floor, which is one of, uh, you know, Kata's moves. And then he hits a Meteora, excuse me, from the apron to the floor, right? He's he's heard that I don't like selling. So he says right at the microphone, it hurts, which in English, which is pretty funny. That made me laugh. So um, <laughs> Seema, he, he gets up huge for Okada moves, right? Like when Okada does yeah. like the flapjack, he's like fucking, you know, 12 feet in the air, which is great. That's fantastic. I love that. But that's not selling. That's not what selling is. So, no, it isn't. Um, that's taking a move, luck- not selling. <laughs> Luckily, Okada is good enough to sell for the both of them. Uh, Kevin yeah. Kelly points out that Seema uh, being out of position for a move. Okay, so <laughs> what happens is like Okada hits the ropes. He's going for the I'm a bitch spot, right? Which is like this weird yeah. kind of, I don't know, it's the same thing that you know john moxley does in his comeback so he's running and does a little elbow thing and he says i'm a bitch typically but uh in this particular situation he had to kind of like run across the ring to hit seaman because he was out of position and kevin kelly's like he had to search for him (laughs) pretty funny uh there's uh you know there's kind of like okada's trying to do some cool moves like i can do also you know i can also do the cool moves and that stuff is good there's a drop kick and a side of suplex from Seema, but it's like, like Okada's not getting up for Seema, like the way that Seema's going up for his, right? Yeah, and that's right. the way it's kind of the way it should be. So, um, but there's like Sorry, a drop kick, Jeff. yeah, I don't know. Um, there's a drop kick and a macho elbow, a rainmaker, but Seema hits the springboard Meteora like he did to Goto, but it's really early in the match. It's like, what? That's not right. He can't hit a second one. Okada counters uh, with a tombstone for <laughs> a double down. And there's a corner, like, backcracker type thing and a coast yeah. to almost coast from Simo, which is, like, three quarters away across the ring. And he goes um, to the top, and the move is totally botched. And it's, a like, the impact is botched from Sema. This, is like, fucks the whole matchup. He just misses. So, like, here's the idea. He's going for a Meteora, but, like, the next spot is that it's a Meteora, but he misses, and he hits his feet, and he's like, oh, my God, I confused the next spot with this one. This one was a Meteora he was supposed to hit, and that's what Okada did. Okada took a Meteora, but dude just 
landed on his feet. Why? Which fucked the whole matchup. That was weird, too. And so, like, Okada's not happy. Um, Do you reckon Seema got a bit nervous? Like, Oh, totally. This is this not only is this a main event, like this is the main event with uh, arguably like the, the best wrestler on the fucking planet. Right. It's your first time wrestling him as well. Do you think some of those jitters kind of played a, a part of it? And I don't sell. What am I gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> oh, if you don't sell, clip. you better not fuck up. <laughs> and he did. What does it say? This is a pretty funny note. It says money clip and money clip sale of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Okada all money clips more, must go. Like he had more more moves to hit while the dude's in the money clip. He's kind of like hits it like a slam while Seema's in the money clip. It's like he can hit a couple moves while he, you know, like because Okada's whole thing is control over his opponent, right? That's kind of like sure. part of his gimmick. So like there's you know a huge moment in Okada match where they're both down, but he's still got wrist control, right? He's, it's yeah. about control, and so he can get that control. So it seems to me that like the money clip could be that another cool move for him if he incorporated slams or strikes or something to like make it like seem like this is another risk control type situation. Like that could be a cool double down. That could be a cool thing, you know. But can't make it cool yet. So um, let's see here. I think. Um, where are we at here? I don't know. I wish Okada. Oh yeah. Blah, blah, blah. All right. There's a, like a slow reversal spot, like the slow New Japan reversal spot, but it's like real slow and weird. And there's two Rainmakers. 20 minutes in, Seema no sells and hits a kick, landslide Rainmaker, and Okada wins. Very weird match. Luke, I would love to hear your thoughts in detail about this match. What do you think of this? Um. Now, usually when I'm a bit down on the Carter match, I'm kind of a bit down on a Carter. This time it's the opposite. Like, Fuck Seema, right? <laughs> yeah. He kind of sucks. I'm sorry, man. You, you got to sell. Selling is important. And look, you, you, you're wrestling like Kazuchika Okada. You've got to be like on your best behavior, I guess. Look, you've got to be at the top of your game. That doesn't mean just doing cool moves and taking moves. Hey, you take you took a move. Great. What's after taking a move? Getting back up. No. What, did you miss that class, Seaman? It's not getting back up. <laughs> Try That's again. You've just taken a move. What do you do? Uh, uh, use the ropes to pull myself back. No. Stop doing that. Sell. Like, you just had your leg kicked in. Ow. Ow, my leg hurts. My leg hurts. And maybe, maybe act like the meteor is really tough to do or something. I don't know. But yes, it, it it's yeah because I know I know Okada's not gonna make mistakes or botch or anything like that in a match. I don't I, I can't even I can't even remember a time if I've ever seen Okada botch. It's rare. Ever. It's rare. It's rare, yeah. right? And, and if so, he works rare. it into the match. So yeah, and yeah, and so Seema, I maybe it was just nerves, maybe. It, he wasn't ready for this kind of spot. I don't know. But it, when I say this match didn't work for me, it's I'm not this time. I'm not going, oh, Carter just half-assed like he did with Wato, blah, blah, blah. No, he tried to make Seema look like a billion dollars. He did. Um, but Seema was determined to make himself look like uh, five bucks instead. 
That <laughs> is Akata, fucking I'm... insightful, my friend. That is very yeah. insightful. Akata, I'm going to make you look like a million bucks. And Seaman's like, but I'm not a millionaire. Let me show you. Right. Uh, here's a check for a hundred bucks. It'll bounce. You know? I mean, yeah. That was, that was trouble. That was trouble. Yep. So, uh... it, it's a, what a weird situation though. Right. And like, yeah. you could tell Okada went into that match ready to do whatever it took. And like yep. halfway through it, he was like, well, fuck you then. <laughs> so, like, I mean, yeah. right. That's kind of Okada's like, Oh, so that's how it is now. All right. right. Fine. Well then fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I can't I can't hate on him for that. And like no. we we talked about Sima's uh inability to sell throughout this. I hope he's in Bezza Super Juniors or his boys are or whatever. Because yep. they'll be great in that. And he don't have to sell in Bezza Super Juniors. It's okay. Yeah. But because in a you don't heavyweight have time. Yeah, but if you're in a heavyweight match in New Japan, I mean that's you know, yeah. you sell. <laughs> Important. You, you, so. You're in the match against. Look at what a, look at what Hiromu, like Hiromu's done. Like how? Okay, Luke. We'll talk about this more, but like Hiromu's stock is higher than it's ever been. And like yes. there was a time where he was just like knocking off the junior champ in 30 seconds. So how could his stock be higher than it's ever been? And it's because of this incredible selling. That's yep. why. Yeah. Can he do good uh, moves, and does he do them regularly and often? Yeah, but you know, there's another side of wrestling. Like, uh, if you can't, se- selling is huge, man. So that's probably why they teach like taking bumps and selling like first, right? Right. And running the ropes and stuff. How do, how do you, if you can't take a move, then there's no way you should be able. Oh, but I already have my move. character figured out. You know, oh, I have promos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Do look we've I feel like we're on a roll. Let's cover night thirteen of uh, the New Japan Cup and maybe we can have uh, Mr. Ian uh, close us off tonight. What did you say, okay. say about that? Sounds good All to right. me. Sounds Luke, like... uh night thirteen is the same uh venue oh, as night twelve, so there's nothing to add other than I love this place. They're yep. not as as like brave as Osaka. You know, or that that other place oh, that Yo- we were at that was Yogo, yeah. awesome. So, uh, you know, it's they're not as brave, but they are clapping their fucking hands off, and there's a Hell shit yeah. ton of them, and I love it. We start with a kind of a weird match here. We've got Makabe with Iwa and Vegeta with uh, Tiger Bread and Nakashima. Uh, I like, dude. There's this one spot. I can't remember if it was Iwa or Fujita. Hopefully you can correct me, but one of them does a stomach spanner on Kojima. And I was like, okay, Kojima's a heavy man. That was really cool. Uh, but uh, there's a Koji cutter, of course, and bread pins. Uh, uh, Rio Iwa, I think. Yeah. I just was happy that Tiger Mask had a match that he didn't have to lose finally. Yeah, same. You know, so, uh, you know. And I just wanted to say stomach spanner. <laughs> So, it's a gut wrench. Oh, oh, okay. Yes, yes. That was. Uh, <laughs> it turns out you came was... up with that too, you silly dag. Did I really? Yeah, uh, stomach spanner. Yeah. Well, this is like my Friday, so look out. Um, <laughs> I like that stomach spanner. is funny, but um, yes, I, I, you know, I don't have much to say about that one. But you know what I do have a lot to say about Luke is that next match was Suzuki Goon 
versus Yano Tanahashi and um, Ishii. Tanahashi is what my notes say, but yes, Ishii. Uh, Yano, he wants to sumo with Tai Chi, which is pretty funny, and I like that. He slaps him in the fucking head like an asshole. Yeah, well, he's an asshole. And it's all kinds of heat on Yano for like quite a while, and we get some Ishii versus Suzuki, which is always great. It's never as fuck, just like our new t-shirts available on teespring.com. We get a bunch of Tanahashi versus Dookie, which is awesome. And there's a high fly flow on Dookie. Respect for the win. Ishii and Suzuki continue to fight after the match. And Ishii takes part of the barricade with him to the back. It's fucking hilarious. Tell me what you thought of this match. Dude, I fucking loved it. Especially the finish. Because uh, it's it's just a, like, no offense to everyone involved, it's just like you stand a generic like, kind of New Japan tag match. So you you don't expect Tana, Tana if Tanahashi's going to pull out a freaking high fly flow, you think it's going to be, you know, maybe on like... Know, Another heavyweight that he's feuding like with. Like Taichi or right? Suzuki yes. or something? Yes, someone he's so, trying to feud with. So I, I reckon that was Tano going, yeah. you know what? You're good, Doki. We're putting Doki over tonight, brother. Damn straight. And I know that seems kind of, well, he gets a Doki Choki on Tanahashi. There, that's putting him over. But taking a high flow flow on uh, on a just like a, a regular night for you, just taking that high flow flow on, like Tano likes you, man. New Japan's. Yeah. You just got the Tanner seal of approval that made me feel. And I was just like, yes! Yeah! Yeah! You're over backstage, for sure. You know, yeah, I, I love that. that was he's, got a lot of, he's got a lot of boys' respect, I guess. Because his story is amazing. Like, I'd read his book. It would be awesome. Uh, Ishii and Suzuki fight post-match as well, which is awesome. And then, like, uh, Ishii's getting really pissed off and just rips off a hunk of railing and just yeah. goes backstage with it. <laughs> yeah, he just takes the barricade with him to attack <laughs> to attack Suzuki with. And I put a video of that on Instagram.com. .com. Yeah. Don't put any coasters tunes on it, though. So uh, No, you cannot do that. Anyway, next, uh, this is one I've been dying to talk to you about since it happened. This is awesome. It's Ass Masters, Jado, and Grills of Destiny versus Gato, Chase, Battle Cry, and the Bullet Club Beauties. And they do that hero walk again. (laughs) Like, oh, by the way, Bale uh, reestablishes his feud with the uh, (laughs) ring announcer. Yeah, that guy retired. Yeah. And uh, Kevin says, come on, it's not even the same guy anymore. You're right. <laughs> but Farley doesn't give a shit. Uh, Farley and co, they give Jada the tongue a massage. Then uh, after the massage, Jada, uh, sorry, t- uh, Farley tells the ref to count slower. <laughs> I love that. Doing that. that. Yeah. Jado gets beat up by Gato a lot, like a lot, what? which gets the crowd really behind him. But there's a hot tag. And this is where I wrote write the note, and I don't even know what's about to happen. I write this note, dude. This face turn's working big time. Little did I know how much it's about to work because uh, (laughs) Doki's not the only one who gets a seal of approval tonight. B triggers on uh, the three three of the BC guys. 
but ref distraction and Ishimori hits Taguchi with the tag title. Then CR2 and El Fantasmo pins Taguchi. Hey, so if Taguchi's get getting all the shot, pins, right. yep. So if, look, there's. I know Wato's not getting any wins, but he didn't take the pin here either. So <laughs> okay, I guess that's something. There's another belt shot, then a bonal lock on Wato. Yeah, but then what happens, then, Luke? What happens? Then, oh my God, Tanahashi runs out, <laughs> and and everyone just scatters. Even though what? Tanahashi is just like one dude, everyone just leaves. It's Tana Tanahashi. tells them all to fuck off home. And what? then something I never thought I'd see, because if you think, like, Taguchi hates Bullet Club, well, how did Bullet Club start? It was a beatdown on Tanahashi. Yeah, so all of all of the faces of fucking lying on their asses have just been beat up because they're in submission holds and getting the stomping. And Tanahashi reaches out his hand. To Tamatonga. Tama takes it and Tana pulls him up. <laughs> then he repeats it with Tonga Loa. Oh and then as, as he goes to pull Jado to his feet, Kevin's like, Yeah, sorry, Tana, you've got to do Jado as well. He's a package deal. <laughs> and that is fucking hilarious. Oh so, my God. Here it wow. is. This is the story of the New Japan Cup. That's not, you know, cup related. <laughs> it is the complete. 100% Tanahashi Hontai approved face yeah. turn real as a destiny and <laughs> it's pretty fucking great it's it's it feels like it feels like it's been since evil did the house of torture stuff feels like then maybe the show and yo turn which we expect for ages anyway but I feel like we haven't gotten major story stuff like this or a major mix up you know switch up like this yeah. for ages. and it feels great and I think it'll be very beneficial for the for, for G.O.D., who have been booed for a good part of the last 10 years to, uh, you know, make, make some face money now. <laughs> Luke, Team Unaffiliated unites. That's what's Hell happening yeah. here. Like, Team, like, Taguchi Japan or whatever you want to call them, Team Unaffiliated is strong now. And, like, yeah. this whole, like, uh, like, if you're a wrestling fan and you heard the, the term the rub, before like this is oh, a yeah. classic example of the rub so basically it's the idea of a you know more over wrestler kind of like giving the approval in front of the fans of a younger wrestler that's a basic version of giving yep. someone the rub and so tonahashi's giving the rub to fucking god and jada and the ass master so everybody's getting and, the rub and it's, the crowd goes nuts yeah the they love it, it. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's so much fun. And like, if you've ever heard me on a podcast, maybe even this one, where I've been like, where's John Cena? It's because like, why doesn't the top good guy of your whole company ever run out to help anybody? Because they never do. But Tanahashi ran out and helped these guys. This is monumental. This is not yeah. happen in pro wrestling. So it yeah. is fucking when that happened i was like shit in my pants i stood up it's, i put my fingers in the air i ran around i was like oh my god i knocked out huge man it is it the chef kiss, chef's kiss cherry on the cake <laughs> of this face turn so and i'm again i'm not even 100 sure this face turn needed it because but you know the way that they went that extra mile awesome and this is also another way to make you wait, watch the tag matches. <laughs> you know, if you're an average yeah. fan that doesn't have to watch them for a podcast, but like, 
you know, because this is like like shit happens in the tag matches, right? That's where the stories yep. are told. So yeah, it's really good stuff. And oh man, I wish we could keep talking about it, but let's do it. Yeah, it's so great. Versus uh, El Desperado, Takaminshinoku, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Guess who's getting pinned? But my favorite part is Yoshinobu Kanemaru whips Evil, Dick Togo, and Yujiro into the railings, and then then they all act. Then they're all crawling on the outside, like ah, our backs, our backs. <laughs> <laughs> then then the three of them try to get their way back into the ring, and Kanemaru kicks the ropes, and they all get freaking nutshotted. And I was like. Yeah, I love me some uh, heel heel master face Kanemaru. It's it's funny because even though he's a little more facey now, he knows heel tactics and he'll still yeah. use them oh. to get to get his fucking way. To and get the crowd, crowd reactions. And the crowd loves it because he's cheating against House of Torture. We hate them. Right. Yeah, Kanemaru. That's great. Yeah. Well, Luke, in the interest of time, the next match was uh, Yoshihashi oh, and Goro. Oh, like Big Juice on Taka. Oh, yeah, yeah, who cares? So, uh, Yoshihashi, Goto, and Hanma, you know, the unlikely team, versus Empire <laughs> Laundry. And Great Khan, he sits on Goto in the corner and, like, fucking stink faces him for, like, a minute. It's fantastic. <laughs> He's all pissed off. He's looking at the ref like, nope, not moving. Nope, not moving. It's fantastic. Um, He even does... A reverse bow and arrow at the same time he's doing this like sit in the corner move. I love it. Yeah. Um, this match is pretty good. Hanma versus Cobb is really fun, and Hanma like is is getting the rub from everybody in this match. Like everybody's like, yeah. you know, we're gonna put Hanma over tonight, and Hanma gets like all kinds of shit in on Cobb, including Kokeshi. There's like some fun stuff where Goto even holds Hanma. For or, you know, or excuse me, Cobb for like, a rocket Kokeshi from Hanma, which is great. Hanma uh, to the second rope, but Cobb catches him. He takes a tour. Unfortunately, Hanma gets pinned. Of course he does. Maybe Okan on a Cobb for a title match. Question mark. See what I wanted from this match because when I saw this lineup, I was just like, oh, please. Someone beat one of the Bishamon guys because I want to. I want to. I've been saying this for ages. Like the BC dudes. Yeah, uh, that one of the the two of the uh, Empire guys should make a tag team. Okan and Okan would be my probably my first choice, but I don't mind if it's Okan and Hanari. It doesn't matter. Any any combination of the four actually would probably be a pretty dominant tag team. So I want. I was hoping one of the Bishamon guys, uh, more specifically Goto, would, would take the pin. And then, you know, two of the Empire boys would be like, yeah, we'll do it. And, you know, step up and go for it. the tag titles. Hey, because I've got to decide who, right? But in, in, instead, they they pin Honma, then they want a tag team title match anyway. I'm just like, come on, man. You could have. Yeah. Anyway, let's go yes, for. I want Yo, to have the yeah. I don't have much notes to this one. It's good stuff, though. But it's Joe and Okada versus Bushi and Naito. It's good preview stuff for what we're going to get. Oh, my God. We're getting Okada and Naito this weekend. Again! <sighs> like, okay That's a happy that. side, by the way. That's me just going. Like, okay. Oh, so good. instead of talking about the Smash, let's talk about what's going to happen. So let's let's open the fantasy dream book and, yeah. like, kind of, like, talk about what's going to happen in this match. So, like, Naito kind of has to win this, right? Yeah. Like, but if he does, if he wins this, he won't win the tournament because that will do. He'll just have a setup match against Okada anyway. But listen, but we've see, seen it a couple times recently, haven't we? 
It's true, it, but here's the issue: is like the money's in heat on Naito. You know, like mm. they like like New Japan thrives on heat on Naito. So like the worse it can be for him, the better it is for New Japan. So I have a feeling that he's going to lose that match, and like I think that the finals are going to be you know someone versus Okada. Nakata's going to lose the finals, which is going to be what our match will be. That'll be like, you know, hey, I'm going to challenge Okada. We'll see what happens. But, like, that's kind of what I feel like what's going on here. Mm. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I think, oh, by the way, uh, Yo sneaks a win on Bushi. Uh, there's not much to say. It's mostly, yeah. But, yeah, I can see, I can definitely see Okada winning. Uh, <laughs> the more they make seem, Naito seem like an underdog and all that kind of stuff or how he never quite gets to the top spot and all that makes everyone love him even more. And I think yeah, of that, right? as to what you've just said, New Japan knows that. So uh, <laughs> I think he's going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. By the way, do you want to talk about like, like two fucking incredibly amazing yes! matches? That That's happened why in I, we rushed through all this. Oh yeah. So we can Let's, talk about it. We're already going long, but who cares? Let's talk about two of the, like best singles matches in the New Japan Cup so far. Oh my God, Shingo versus Hiromu. This is where I find out 320, uh, 230 overhand chops. And Hiromu, he starts he starts off strong. He goes after the legs pretty soon. Pretty soon after that, the fucking wheelbarrow jump by Shingo. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? These guys are teammates. No, they're gonna fuck each other up big time. Yeah. They don't yeah. give a shit. Pretty Hiromu, never. Yeah, it's, this is never as fuck. Hiromu targets the neck, of course, which is smart. He goes for a sunset bomb, but Shingo holds on. So what does he do? He chop blocks him <laughs> because he's already attacked the legs and then yeah. does the sunset bomb. Awesome. Oh, awesome. my God. I'm a floor. And, oh, my God. Later on, Shingo, like, pulls Hiromu up and, like, clubs him down. Like, pull you up, club, pull you up, club, pull you up, club, climb the ropes elbow drop and then just this series of freaking power moves on Hiromu that look devastating and powerful I'm just like Jesus Christ you're just crunching this poor ass this is awesome then he just transitions that elbow because he kicked Hiromu kicks out into like an STF and this Shingo smooth crisp brutal amazing like oh and then you then you put him up like the chase match was good but who's a better wrestler? Like 10 times out of 10, like I think people are going to say like Hiromi's better than Chase, right? Yeah, he's like a thousand it's... times better than everyone. Well, yeah, he's... Yeah. Yeah. He some Sometimes I feel like he gives that Okada vibe, like I'm like I'm the top, yes. like larger than life motherfucker that you should be watching. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is... This just gets even more fucking crazy. There's a... Shingo's face first. Uh, sorry, he rebounds uh, front first against the ropes. Fucking rebound German by Hiromu, by a pumping bomber and made in Japan. There's a freaking pop-up destroyer by Hiromu. And, oh, my God, Shingo. And then Shingo finally manages to hit the freaking last of the dragon. As many spots as I've mentioned, you've probably got as many as I haven't mentioned. This is, is must-see wrestling. If you're a fan of New yes. Japan. Even yeah. tangentially, like this is the reason you want to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. This, these kinds of matches, right here, 
And Shingo manages that last the Dragon, which I'm happy about because I don't like the Hiromu winning the tournament and going for the junior title. I like it in concept, but he's already pinned the Never Champ. If he hadn't have pinned Evil and he pinned someone else, then that whole story might have resonated a little bit more with me. But I'm just like, no, fuck you. That's no, you dead. Like, he should not be my favorite Shingo. belt, motherfucker. He should yeah, not be no, Shingo no. in any way, shape, or form as a junior. And he's, He's already beaten a previous uh, a previous world champion in Evil anyway. He doesn't need to beat two. Right. It's uh, I like it because they they book him strong. He's beaten a couple of heavies, then he loses. So you know he's got he's got those feathers in his cap going forward. Doesn't need to be dominant over all of them. And of course, yeah, Shingo, Shingo is the guy who needs to go over here. This match is fucking sublime. Wow. Wow. Amazing. That was great analysis. Like, fantastic analysis. Like, there's one thing I'd like to add, uh, spot-wise. There was a, a uh, kind of like mid-match, maybe maybe towards the end a little bit. Um, Shinko has kind of had enough, and so he grabs uh, uh, Haramu, and he kind of like throws him into the ropes. He's got him in like a front face lock, and he goes for like what would be a DDT, but he flips Haramu over and hits like this kind of crazy neck breaker rick rude oh looking God. thing that's yes. like a draping version of the rick rude neck breaker which looks like it's gonna kill someone and it is fucking incredible and so like the like not only does that move look good but guess what Hirobu's weakness is his neck neck so like yeah. that's like so fantastic such a great story beat in the match i don't even think commentary caught that because it was just such a I don't know. It was so organic. It was fantastic. And this match, it, you know, it has to go the way that it goes. It has to. You know, Shingo cannot lose this match. You know, not within his own faction to a junior. If Hiromu was a heavyweight, which I, I mean, this is the fun thing about wrestling. Per, like, pro wrestling storylines that are good can go in different directions. Yeah. So this can be the story of Hiromu regaining the junior champion. Ship, uh, or it can be the story of Hiromu becoming heavyweight. Never as fuck, right? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there, there's like a, there's many stories here. Or the Never Champion, which is another route to the heavyweight division. Yeah. So we'll see, like what this is. But this is important. We know that New Japan doesn't just do shit like this. <laughs> they do it for a reason. That's why we love them. And man, yeah. this is just another example of how New Japan is back storyline wise and how this is like sneaky shit that they're doing it's like oh my god this could be something and you know like the the bullet club stuff we didn't talk about it much but like man like jay white's coming back right <laughs> I mean, like, there's be. no way he can't be I feel like back, i haven't so. wanted to mention that too much because i'm just like what if he does it's it? gotta be yeah it's gotta oh be. fuck yeah man and so look I didn't take as many notes for this because, like, I don't know. I'm sometimes I'm just not a hundred. Oh, you know, we're starting to mention his name a little more and all that kind of stuff. But look, I'll just say rather than sit by the computer where I can type up some notes as I'm watching, what I did for this match, I just sat on the couch and I let it wash over me. So I'm a don't have as many notes as I probably should have, probably because, like, you know, hey. We're warming up to him again. It's a slow process. All right. Anyway, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Will Ospreay. 
And I, you, you hadn't watched the show yet. And I just said, well, Shingo Hiromi is amazing, which, of course, is no surprise to you. And by the way, Chumpy ref that match, so fuck yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, but rather than tell you I loved the main event, I had to tell you great show because I wasn't sure if I said, man, I love the main event, if it would telegraph the finish for you or not. But right. this match is amazing. And this Zack Sabre Jr., you you may you said this a bit in the preamble, like, man, he's a smart motherfucker, because this match to me is my one of my few notes for this match is the way Will man handles Zack Sabre Jr. is the exact same way he should have been manhandling Bushi and El Fantasmo, but didn't. They felt like the Bushi match felt a bit heavy-ish, but also he went toe-to-toe with Bushi in a, in a junior way. The El Fantasmo match still felt a bit too juniory. This match features what I wanted from Heavy Will. Does he still do some of his flippy stuff and stuff too? Yeah, you don't need to eliminate all of that. But the way he uses his body as a fucking battering ram, uh, as a weapon... To, to do things and the, the commentary by Kevin kind of sells it too. When he does a move like that, like that plancher he does, he goes, that's not him just like doing that. That's him using his like strong body as a freaking battering ram and stuff. It's fantastic. It's that fucking awesome. is a high fly flow. That's what it is. It's a high fly flow. It's fucking insane. And that's just a simple plancher. And he just made that look like you and I just, Pretty much just called that plancher. It's just a plancher. Like we say, million planchers. I like them, but I don't always have to be like, and then you did a plancher. I knew exactly what you were talking about when you mentioned that. (laughs) (laughs) But, well, okay, that's generally not my style, then I will say. I like how you cover matches. We we both come at them differently. But, yes, and there's two men to tango here. It's Zack Sabre Jr. takes a fucking beating in this match. And I remember, like, maybe a few years ago, maybe – Yes, was he technically sound? Yes, but he might not have been considered like a fantastic seller. Well, he's gotten a lot better at that because uh, a lot better. Like living in Japan, working with all these Japanese wrestlers, is this heaven for him on earth, Mrs. Sabre Jr.? Like being able to wrestle some of the most technically sound individuals on the planet on a regular basis and just absorb all that and just get so much better at, at at the wrestles, at the storytelling, and at taking moves and selling. Uh, like, if I was to watch a 2017 match when I got into New Japan, Zack Sabre Jr. matches are going to be great. What he's doing now is better. Yeah. I don't know. I, it, it, I well, just, and, and the history of yeah, between these, these two, two guys, yeah. I mean, this is the history of British pro wrestling, modern British pro wrestling. So it, it's yep. important... It's an important match. Like, this is an important matchup. Yep. And, uh, like, uh, Kevin makes that kind of analogy that uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is kind of like the Tanahashi of English wrestling because English, the re- English wrestling scene was fucking dead. And he kind of helps give it a bit of a renaissance. And then Will comes in as, like, the, the you know, the next generation and he's, like, kind of considered the Okada of uh, England and stuff, and both of them kind of revitalizing English wrestling, which is good for for um, England and all that kind of stuff. This match, I'm probably going to say it's kind of never as well. It's brutal. It's fast-paced. Like, it, it never, I never feel like I got a chance to breathe. Like, these guys didn't give each other a chance to breathe. At some point, there's some points of this match where Zack Sabre Jr. is just laying there, just kind of heaving in air, 
especially after that planter <laughs> on the outside. Like he's like he's selling like he's winded and shit. It's fantastic stuff. The finish is it's incredible. They like uh, oh my god because Zach's I can't what was the move that hurt uh, Will's leg? I think it was when he kicked Zach when Zach was coming off the, the turnbuckle or something like that. Well, you that know, was the Zach catalyst. Also, he hit that same move that he hurt Niner's knee with. That's it. In this yes, match, he did too. He so does. That really yes. fucked him up. There's many. There's lots of leg work, but that was kind of one of the like yep. turning. Points. And so, so what does Zach Sabre Jr. do? He starts taking out that leg. You take out one of Osprey's legs, you're going to be uh, smooth sailing. But it's still. <laughs> Uh, still though it's close like Zack Sabre Jr. lucks into being able to trap that leg finally near the end in this really awkward looking kneeling position I'm just like shit that looks like it really fucking hurts and then he wrenches back arm around the neck in a choke as well so he's got he's got Osprey dead to rights and he kind of taps slash passes out at the same time and surprising to me Zach say, but, but it's surprising, but not surprising. Like Zach is a it's credible the new threat Japan to being cop, Luke. damn straight. Zach's a credible threat to beat anyone at any fucking time. Mm-hmm. But I, I just thought we were going to head towards a, another Shingo so Osprey bout, which are always good, but man, we're going to get, uh, what is it? ZSJ Shingo? Holy yeah. crap. Their G1 match was awesome as well. So yeah, I, I, I loved both of the main events and that's the most I've talked about a will match uh, in almost two years. So the theme of this episode has been selling, right? And like, yep. dude, I just, this, uh, this will gentleman, like, Oh my God. Like he does some pretty tremendous selling in this match. Like yep. he's doing moves off one leg. You know, he's hitting a move with both legs, but then they're getting like, fuck, I'm I'm absolutely fucked. He's his leg gives in, way. He's in holds and the holds look stiff because of the weight what he's doing, not the person mm-hmm. putting the hold on. Um, so we've talked many times about how the never style is like a stiff striking style, typically, right? But did you know that like strong style in general is kind of was originally more of like a whole like holds and stuff like that and like this is a strong style holds match where like like a lot of the holds that zach saber jr is putting on look like stiff as fuck they look like they hurt really bad especially that finisher you know i mean what is happening and like that's something that like british pro wrestling is like that's their thing it's like stretching and so, like, seeing that on this grand stage with these two guys that are kind of, you know, the, I don't know, uh, you know, the, they're on the Mount Rushmore of uh, British wrestling, and, and yeah. this, is, this is some special stuff. It's, it's a fantastic match, and it's because of the selling and because of the viciousness at which simple moves are applied. I, that's yep. all you need in pro wrestling. Rough technical. That's yeah. all you need. And so, I mean, there's amazing shit in this match. Um, we get a Canadian knee bar, Luke, for a couple of minutes, like through the ropes. Like, <laughs> that, I was marking out. 
you know so yep. that was awesome i mean there's there's all kinds of moves i have notes about moves i have a paragraph or two about this match but really it's all about the selling and it's all about selling on offense and defense because if you watch Zack Sabre Jr. like putting these moves on like he's selling the fact that he's putting them on and so then that makes the person react it's good yeah. it's like real good I, I enjoyed this match quite a bit and these guys are this is kind of like a marquee matchup in progress but now it's a marquee matchup in New Japan pro wrestling where it should be yeah, pretty happy about this. Look, uh, some people on the internet were like, why isn't Shingo and Hiromu main eventing? Well, Zack Sabre Jr. and Osprey are two previous New Japan Cup holders. Right. Uh, yeah. That, in fact, Will is last year's winner, and Zack Sabre Jr. is, I think, the 2018 winner. He went on to lose to Okada, by the way. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, everybody goes on to lose to Okada. It's, it's a natural part that's of true. wrestling. There's death, taxes, Rainmaker. If you're lucky, you go <laughs> off to lose to Okada, right? <laughs> if you're lucky, you'll get to the Okada level. Yeah, to a you know, job to him, of course. But yeah, uh, I just had an absolute ball and uh, some awesome tournament matches. We, we Like the SEMA one, I'm glad we didn't finish on that. I'm glad yeah. we had the extra show because, uh, wow. Shingo Hiromu, Zack Sabre Jr. Will just fucking crushed it. And it, you know, put me on a bit of a high, which is not a really good thing to have when it's like midnight and I'm just being like, I gotta go to bed so I can record and talk about this. <laughs> so uh, you know, good stuff. Uh sucks I wasn't able to quite watch that live, but I get to watch enough of these live. It's fine. I can suck it up for once. But man. Wow, what a great couple of days! Just, yeah, uh, this is good. This is good. Regular and shitty movie, and and then doing a, a complete like 180 and just gushing about some absolutely amazing pro wrestling. Man, uh, when's I think the next show's on the weekend, which is nice to have a bit of a breather. Nice for all the wrestlers involved oh too, no God. doubt. Yes. So the next show is on Saturday. There's a Sunday show as well, but uh, we won't know many of the matches for that because, um, well, actually, the uh, cards have not been announced for uh, the Saturday 26th Osaka Joe Hall show, uh, according to the website. Yeah, we have uh, no time limit match. It's like a semi-final. Final. It's New Japan Cup guy versus New Japan Cup guy. And then there's like another semi-final match, and it's like... This like gray man versus another gray man. Well, who's left? Was it is it Shingo, Zack Sabre Jr., Okada? Fuck. And other. Yes. <laughs> and uh oh and Naito. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Naito. Naito. Yeah, so. He rules. Man, that's good. That's a good final four, right? Uh yeah. Yeah, it's a great final four. And uh, they're going to get, uh, what, three great matches out of it. So uh, I can't wait. And uh, it's going to be a pretty damn good weekend for New Japan Pro Wrestling. It also uh, gives us a, a bit of a chance to kind of recharge a bit because there's been a lot of shows. So uh, I appreciate the uh, couple of days <laughs> off, Mr. New Japan. So thank you so much for that. It's sometimes nice to be able to go, hey, uh, Charity's No Wrestling tonight. Let's uh, 
uh, watch a movie or something. So, yeah. Now, I think we've shot our bolt. Mr. Andy, is there anything you want to say before we're, uh, we we leave? United Empire. So many ways to can beat you. <laughs> uh, uh, Mike Arb. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yes. Uh, who are we trusting? I feel like we trust a lot of people these days. You know what? It's Doki's turn because I feel like even Tanahashi is going like, I notice you. Here's a high fly flow. In Doki, we trust. Yeah! Hi, Luke and Andy. This is Ian with another New Japan Strong Review. The Rivals tour continued, and Ian and Alex promised us a night of top future stars. And you know what? They actually delivered. First match up was the Stray Dog Army versus Fred Yehai, Keita, and the DKC. The Stray Dog Army have come together as a unit pretty well, but need to change their boring butt rock theme back to Bateman's circus music. This is, I think, our second look at Keita Murray, who's now just known as Keita, which is a much better name. He's a talented junior heavyweight who does some great character work, starting off by facing off against Mysterioso, then by taking the fight to Barrett Brown with some solid strikes. The only complaint I have is that he sells a bit too much, and certainly too much for facing Barrett Brown in the first few minutes of the match. As someone who's been critical of the Stray Dogs in the past, I feel they're now working much better as a unit. What they need now is what I think most people on Strong need, direction. It's nice to have a cohesive unit, but I want a better sense of what it is they want. In the end, this is a pretty decent six-man that benefits from a very hot crowd. Fred Yehai in particular looked amazing just throwing guys around and eventually getting the three count on Brown, which leads to a confrontation with Bateman. I'm intrigued by that as a pairing, and if they give them a one-to-one match, I look forward to what they can do together. This was a decent opener that really could have benefited from a story. Following this, Chris Bay faced off against Blake Christian in a very enjoyable junior heavyweight clash. Bay is fast, he's tough, he's smooth, he's charismatic, and he's enjoyable to watch. The only problem he runs into is that Shane Strickland does most of his stuff about 5% better than he does. But if you're getting to 95% of Shane Strickland, you're doing pretty well for yourself. Blake Christian has come on a lot since I last saw him. His sabbatical in NXT probably didn't do much for his wallet or his peace of mind, but it seems to have given him a lot of opportunities to work on his conditioning, and as a result this match is fast and frantic from the start. Christian wrestles like he's sprinting and with everything at double speed. Bear responds with smoothness and technique, but for a long stretch of this match that simply wasn't enough. Christian has some exceptional offense here, including a beautiful snap German suplex, a tilt-a-whirl long blower, and some other stuff where I'd have to guess at the name. There are a couple of bits where they get a bit out of coordination with each other, but for most of the match they're dancing the same dance. Christian nearly gets the win with a springboard 450 that got so much torque it looked like a special effect, but Bay kicks out after and then converts Christian's moonsault attempt into a cutter for the win. This was Bay's first singles match for New Japan since 2020, and on the basis of this, I hope they book him and Blake Christian a lot more. Before our main event, we get a promo for Clark Connors, claiming his place as number one contender to the strong openweight title. 
He makes a good case for it and sounds confident and competent. I could believe him beating Lawler, and frankly, we're approaching time for Filthy Tom to drop that belt. In our main event, Renderita faced off against Buddy Matthews, and what an absolute cracker of a match this was. Matthews has had a jetpack strapped to him ever since leaving WWE. He had a really good match against Okada at Battle in the Valley, and then joined up with the House of Black to open up AEW Revolution. And here he is, facing off against the rising star of both the New Japan and LA dojos. Matthews is outstanding at being a physical bully. He's got a physique few can match, a ton of natural talent, and even manages to get the edge on Narita in terms of conditioning, which is no mean feat. Where Narita has the edge is in the fine points of technique and, unexpectedly, in mind games. At the start of a match, Matthews has control and is putting Narita in his place with some great patronising touches. He copies the Okada spot of getting your opponent in the ropes and then just backing off patting her chest, except he goes for a full-on back pat. He might as well have tousled Narita's hair at this point. And for the first five minutes, Matthews as condescending bully is absolutely in control. Except, that's when it becomes clear that Narita has been lulling him into a false sense of security. After solidly out-wrestling Matthews for a full minute and getting out of everything his opponent can throw, Ren Narita returns the condescending back pat, and right about then is when these guys start fighting. God, there is so much going on in this match. So many reversals of reversals, so many counters of counters, it quickly becomes apparent to Matthews that if he just plays with Narita, there is a very good chance he's going to lose. And from then on, every chop, every throw, every kick to the back of the head is full force, and Narita gives as good as he gets. At one point, Narita sits in the Shibata pose in the middle of the ring, just daring Matthews to kick him in the back, which Matthews does over and over, and Narita absorbs over and over until he returns it with interest in an incredible flurry of offense. And for a moment, for a shining moment, it really seems like Narita might have it. In the end, though, power and conditioning win by the barest of margins. By the end of this match, Matthews respects Narita enough to pay him the compliment of destroying him. God, this match was great. The whole show was good, but as a solid 15-minute chunk of really impressive wrestling, this rivals anything the main roster was putting on this week, and yes, I do mean that. Ian Riccoboni said that this was a showcase of top future stars, and he was right. Between Keita and Fred Yehai in the first match, Blake Christian and Chris Bay in the second, and Ren Narita in the main, this showed me how good Strong could be. They just need the right direction. Thanks guys, and until next time, keep it strong.